Steven, uh, after we got done recording the last episode, I uh, noticed something on television that honestly rocked me to my core. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And I made this um, observation to my wife sitting on the couch next to me for the last time. Clearly, it's you know, it's all downhill mm-hmm. from here. Yep. Um, Steven, what do you know about the Charmin Bears? <laughs> I mean, I know they're bears, and I know they poop a lot. Oh, my God. Ugh. Poor idiot Steven. Uh, just Uh-oh. living in ignorance is bliss. What? What do you I, mean? I, I wish I could go back to seeing things the way you were, mm. where it's just like, oh, yeah. These bears like to shit. They're amp- anthropomorphic. Uh-huh. And uh, I forget. What color are they, Steven? Brown. Oh, my God. Are they Steven, you brown? don't even know. You don't even know. I'm really oh, scared. My- you should be. It's the most terrifying thing uh, a person can witness. Steven, um, I, I hate to have to do this on the show, but uh-huh. the Charmin bears are brown, so you're, you're correct. Okay. But they're okay. also red, and they're also blue. What the fuck is Wait, happening what? with the Charmin bears? Steven, no one's talking about this, <laughs> and it finally, it finally landed on our show's <laughs> shoulders to discuss the controversy. Why are there so many colors for the Charmin bears? They're the same general designs, but there's three different colors, three different flavors of Ooh. these toilet bears. I don't. Why? Are you sure? Have they yes. always been that way? Is this Mandala effect again? You Google it. I will Google, Google it. Charmin bears colors. I see them in different. Wait a second. Uh huh. But they're like there are versions of them when I looked that up where they're all red, they're all blue. Oh, because it's like fan theories. Okay, cool. <laughs> People have thoughts about this apparently. Uh-huh. Yes, most are, of them are me. <laughs> oh, it's like Brent.com. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, I did not. That's one of those things too. I don't watch a lot of commercials anymore, and like that one, they just stick with me though because I don't know. They're cute. They're just they just love to poop and and wipe mm-hmm. their butts, and that's nice, I guess. Um, this seems to be a waste of toilet paper because I, I imagine there's just like tumbleweeds of poopy toilet paper blowing around that forest, but mm. I never thought much about it otherwise, you know? <laughs> yeah. <I> was, <laughs> like they have indoor plumbing and they wipe their asses with said toilet paper, but they just take it and carry it outside and just throw it in nature. Do they have indoor plumbing? I, I, I mean, they've got, they got dang old toilets. Oh, they had toilets. Okay. They got yeah, toilets. You see them realize. sitting on toilets. Yeah. So they do live in, okay, I was imagining it all outdoors like a bear would be. But this, mm-hmm. this, in this world, they're not only anthropomorphic, they are, uh, they have houses like us. They have a whole society. Steven, in one of the commercials that I saw this weekend, <clears throat> they're sitting at a, um island in a kitchen, and the little boy is eating salmon flakes, so oh. they can buy items from a grocery store. Yeah. Best believe they have plumbing. Uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I didn't, I didn't know. Are, okay, but go back to the color thing. Are they mm-hmm. all in one family? Are they different colors? They're all literally the same family, just different colors. Because my first thought when you said that was the, uh, the amazing uh, movie Earth Girls Are Easy. You ever heard of that <laughs> movie before? I've heard of it. Uh, because these are the, the alien creatures in Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, yeah. Isn't one of them Jim Carrey? What? Yeah, Jim Carrey. Like the red one? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum and uh, Damon Wayans, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, they have an interesting look. But that's my first thought where I was like, oh, well, they can be all different colors because these guys were. Yeah. 
<laughs> I uh, like that that's your, your go-to instead of like Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles or whatever. <laughs> no, because these guys are furry. That's what I imagined. And they're like yellow. Uh-oh. They're like yellow, red, and blue. And so I thought, well, that's kind of like the Charmin Bears. And my thing, what I'm saying is that I think that the Charmin Bears are actually aliens. I mean, it stands to reason, right? You know, because bears don't normally behave like this. That's what I'm saying. But apparently, these bears are living as humans. Wow. Humanoid bears, mm-hmm. at the very least, right? They don't wear pants or anything. They no clothing to speak <sighs> Sounds of. Like a life. I mean, honestly, I'm to say that this observation doesn't come from a point of jealousy would be dishonest. You gotcha. Know? But still, uh, how come the company Sherman couldn't just like? Pick a color and yeah. stick with it, you know? It's about diversity, man. But why? Why not change up the the bears themselves? Why is it always literally the same family? It's always the same oh. shape of bears. Like, if you were mm-hmm. to watch them uh, in grayscale or whatever, these bears would likely look exactly the same to you. Okay, yeah. But mm-hmm. you could, like, do some different designs. You could play with, like, different families even. Like, they're not all going to look the same, not only yeah. by color, but by, like, oh, the dad has a hat. Yeah. You could put a hat on one of them. No pants still, obviously. Of course. That seems of course. ridiculous. Yeah. But you'd think, like, a, uh, they would find a hat someday. That'd be kind of nice. Um, I don't know, man. I'm with you. I think commercials are bogus. I hate watching them. And it's because of this corporate propaganda. They're trying to change America. Uh-huh. We yeah. need to get back to the roots. They're they're trying to divide our country further. Yeah. You know? Because we had brown bears. Okay, it's fine. Bears got are it. brown. It's fine. Doesn't why mess with the formula? Mm-hmm. But now we've got red and blue bears, you know? Why why? Why 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 are we going down these different party lines? What are we doing you know? this for? Yeah, why are we doing this? Why are we why are we making them cartoons? Why are we why are we gamifying this whole generation? You mm-hmm. know, why are we making this so that they're different, but they're the same, and like they're the same bears, just different colors. Just close your eyes, go in grayscale, guys. Mm-hmm. Put on the sunglasses. They live. It's real. <laughs> yeah. The government. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Antifa. <laughs> um. Give me more. Tucker Carlson. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, man. If I see one of those bears wear a little dipshit bow tie, oh my god. Oh my fucking god. I'm gonna lose it. Oh, my God. You don't even know. Listen, Brent, I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought this to my attention and, and our listeners' attention because everybody mm-hmm. needs to be writing campaigns. You know, we need a, a letter-writing campaign about this, an email-writing campaign. We've I, I, got to start a TikTok. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. I've God been resisting it. the whole time, I know. I don't even know how to spell TikTok. I, we'll learn it, man. Kesha's got oh, us. Oh, God. Oh, God. Wait, how do you spell Kesha? Dollar sign. Oh, man, huh? damn it. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you, uh, yeah, brought that to attention. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, are you in an okay place right now? Are I feel like safe? I'm in a safe space, but okay. you know, it's, it's going to be weighing on my mind for the rest of the show. So if the rest of the show is bad, people will know why. It's, it's um, this. And, and if people don't know why, it's because they likely just kept tapping uh, 30 seconds forward. Yeah, let's uh, get <laughs> And on that note, uh-huh. you're well, you guys are here. Welcome yeah. to the 30 Seconds Later. We're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff, where we do great bits every 30 seconds and then a shitty mm-hmm. bit 
the next 30 seconds, you never know where you're going to end up. <laughs> but you know what? If the bit is real shitty, it's going to be wiped up with Charmin toilet paper. Charmin toilet paper, finally <laughs> sponsoring this podcast. What color are the bears? It doesn't matter. Just wipe your ass with Charmin. I really wish we could get that Charmin money, man. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. after this bit, they're going to do that, actually. Probably not, no. But I think Quilted Northern might might give us uh, some, some moolah. Quilted Northern, bro. <laughs> Throw the shaman in Boston Harbor, dude. Don't even fucking worry about it. I can already hear the cash register jingling a ling and mm-hmm. getting our money because they're excited about that, okay? They like yeah. that pitch, number one. <laughs> We're uh-huh. going to bring this back next week. We're going to get that money, number mm-hmm. two. Ha! Number two. <laughs> Toilet paper. Toilet paper. <laughs> God damn it, we're so good at this. It's, it, you just walk right into it, you know? Sometimes you just step in it, sometimes so, you I don't. I hate to, but sometimes. But when you do step in it, use Quilted Northern, bro. <laughs> Take it off your shoe, throw it in the harbor where it belongs. Let it go back to King Edward or whoever the fuck. Yeah. And then pour yourself a Sam Adams. It's, it's, it's the truest part of lager that's ever existed. Wow, don't get emotional, man. It's okay. Ever since Mark Wahlberg (laughs) sacrificed himself to save the Transformers. Wait, what? It's so so difficult. Mm -hmm. I missed a few episodes. Yeah. You got to go back. You got to go back and watch it. Wow. They don't call it the last night for nothing. Man. Actually, they do. It's just uh, it's just the it's Wild just West and Transformersville. Yeah, oh, cool. do whatever they want. <laughs> Wild West and Transformersville. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he survives. Don't worry. No one dies. No one important dies. Man, but go see Ambulance, everybody. Ambulance. Just Ambulance. Just go mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's get into mm-hmm. some shit so we can talk let's about it. The Rocketeer today, which is going to yes, be amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, uh, yes. But to start us off, we wanted to mention a few things. Uh, so one thing is that I was recently a guest on Mind Grenade, um, our friend Hector's show, mm-hmm. episode 298. Hello, Nasty. Wow. Yes, I haven't yes. listened to it all the way through yet. I listened to like half of it. Did I say that at one point? What's the Hello Nasty about? Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember. Like sometimes I'll send you a title or vice versa. And I'm like, did I, did one of us say that in the show? And I'm like, yeah. was there a Hello Nasty in the show? So Hello Nasty is a Beastie Boys album. That, that Hector oh, mentioned. Oh, that he yeah. mentioned. Yes. When, when I saw the title, I was like, when did I say Hello Nasty? That was my first <laughs> thought. And I was like, what a weird phrase. That makes way more sense mm-hmm. as, a, as an album title. I, my my yes. brain didn't even go there. It's fine. It's fine. It's, a, it's the album that has Body Movin' and Intergalactic on oh, it. Oh, yeah, we talked about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember because I, I had a episode. conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was good that episode. makes sense. Yeah, all right, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was really fun, man. He invited mm-hmm. me on. I usually am very resistant to go on anybody else's show uh, without you because you are my security blanket, but he invited me on, <laughs> and it was nice. It was fun. I, was, I wasn't I was nervous at all. I thought I might be just, honestly, just because I'm used to it with you and not anybody else, uh, but obviously, he's a friend, and it was uh, he's a very good host, and, and it was great, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. It was. It was a really fun conversation, and it was so weird, too, because like... You know, I listened to, to My Grenade anyway, and uh-huh. I I listened to you talk to me. So it, there, it was like a couple steps removed Ooh, yeah. to where it was like I was hearing Hector speak, and I, I normally just listen to him on the show anyway. And then, like, when you speak, you're normally talking to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so to hear the disparity of, like, him talking to you 
uh, took me out of it a little bit. But also, like, the bulk of the show was hearing you guys talk about recommendations from your own co-hosts. So I heard my name come up a lot. (laughs) You're there. Yeah, yeah. And and I heard, like, even Nudist Colony got brought up a a few times. I was like, oh, wow, this is weird. But um, but yeah, it was uh, it was really fun. It was a, a fun listen. So um, yeah, anyone who listens to our show certainly seek out episode two ninety eight oh, yeah. of Mind Grenade. They're just a couple episodes away from uh, the big three zero themselves. Super cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize they were that high in the numbers, man. That was really really cool. Um, and I, I know he has some some plans coming up for that, so that's great too. Mm-hmm. Keep listening what are those to their plans? show. Can we do that? Can we do that for two fifty? Let's what, just do, steal their plans. Let's just take. My grenade episode 300 and make that episode 250 of our show i love it because it's probably gonna air by the time we need our 250 so we can really steal it we can Uh go in there under cover of night Mm -hmm. and just release oh man this is a great plan Mm -hmm. i don't know what he's gonna do but we're gonna steal it uh hector and crew if you guys hear a uh in the middle of the night (laughs) after 300 drops um it's from your boys, you know? Oh, man, I like that. And still that ourselves. Uh, I was recently, uh, I guess not really on, but um, it included on a best of episode mm-hmm. of a podcast I was mm-hmm. on previously. But uh, they included a bunch of names in the thank yous for that episode, but they didn't include mine. So I'm like, oh, wow. oh, okay, I guess they don't want me to discuss it on this podcast. So, okay, I won't, I won't do that. However, one thing I will mention mm-hmm. is our friend... Mitch, Mitch Oliver from the Terror Table, <gasps> da, 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 da. and now Pop Culture himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, wow. He Amazing. and his friend Jesse Sawitsky, aka Jambi, uh, they dropped the trailer for the short film, The Druid's Hand. Oh, my God. What a wait, too. You know, mm-hmm. I know you guys are working so hard on this thing, but holy shit. I told my <laughs> wife. Like, we had kickstarted this a while ago. I honestly don't remember how long ago it was. It just feels like it could have been a week, and I was like, I'm waiting for it. But mm-hmm. um, I told her I was, you know, I don't really even know what it was. It's like Mitch was like, I'm I'm making a short film. I need some money. And I was like, I'm here for you, bro. Like, it didn't matter what it was mm-hmm. really, right? Like, I'm, I'm there for him. I want to see what he creates. Uh, yeah. and, and Jambi as well. I just, you know, Mitch is our, our, our main boy we, we learned about through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, for both of them. And then I was like, yeah, I'm totally into it. I was like, I honestly don't know much about it. It's like a folk horror movie sort of thing but i was like i had no idea like anything really i don't know if they'd released anything and i didn't read it or whatever if they really mm-hmm. were kind of keeping it tight but man that trailer was impressive holy shit it looks fucking creepy hell yeah oh hell i'm yeah, so dude. excited for it dude uh on their kickstarter page they've got a description about what the story was did not even read it that's I was what i'm like, saying like whatever it is <laughs> it's probably I'm, out there i'm in yeah it <laughs> yeah. does not matter i i, I will watch <laughs> it and uh, uh love it either way yeah but uh yeah watching that trailer i was like you know um uh, not not to say anything uh negative about uh Mitch or, or uh, uh, Jesse, mm-hmm. but like, you know, they're, they're our friends and I was prepared to be like, oh, this is good for, you know, just some like right. regular people, mm-hmm. but this is like legit good. Like, <laughs> yep. Yep. It looks if, if, so if it, good. Yeah. If it looked like just okay, I still would have like raved about it, but sure. like, uh, it, it seriously looks fantastic and very like creepy with that lady with the oh, uh God. The, like reflective light eyes or whatever oh yeah she reminds in. me of like uh mike flanagan stuff like um the the ghosts or whatever at oculus reminded me of that kind of look or whatever and so like the hill house stuff i'm totally into that 
I I've not seen that, but I'm picturing a a girl who looks like Samara from The Ring wearing an Oculus Quest on her eyeballs. Yeah, you've seen it then. Is that what it is? is yeah, 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 much yeah. What it is? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and I tried to look at Oculus Ghost, and then it was like, Oculus Ghost game? And I'm like, damn it, no! <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it just has this cool look to it. They It looked creepy as fuck. The, um, uh, the like, I don't know, the, the, the setting of it, the actors, the sound, the music, like, all mm-hmm. the stuff just, like, looked, like, so good. And then I showed it to my wife. I was so excited for them to releasing it. Um, here's a little ghost from, uh. From Oculus. Oh boy! Yeah, wow. little creepy eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I showed my wife the the trailer for it though. Like I was waiting. There was like the countdown thing. They were doing like a live YouTube, like releasing the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I I was like waiting for a whole hour, and then I showed her, and she was like, "Oh, well, that looked really creepy." And I was like, "Yeah, that's Mitch's movie." And she was like, "Mitch did that." And I was like, "Yeah." Like, and she was like, "That looks like a real movie." And I was like, "It is a real movie. <laughs> it's amazing." <laughs> it was so exciting though, and she was super into it too. Like my wife likes horror cool. a lot as well. Mm-hmm. And um, she knew nothing really about it. I told her, you know, I, she's, I've talked about Mitch or whatever in, in his podcast mm-hmm. and stuff, but um, and the movie a little bit in the Kickstarter campaign, you know, but she didn't know much about it either. So, um, yeah, I'm super pumped. They said they're going to have like an announcement for the like release of it, the, the actual movie and stuff pretty soon. Um, but I'm super excited because uh, it looks killer, man. It really does, man. I'm, I'm super pumped for it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk to both of them about it and yeah. uh, the whole process or whatever. Not that we've got anything like planned to speak with them, but it's just like, you know, well, a standing invitation. Do you think they have any friends that do podcasts? Because we could probably fill that niche. They probably don't know anybody else. So they I don't think so. Our show and talk about we it. We might be the only ones. Uh, we're the, the only, only ones. American ones for sure. The only ones that are uh, <laughs> both American. And there's two of us and one's brown and one's white and there's no uh-huh. more hosts. And, and <laughs> we're in uh, the American South, not South America. So, no, but yes. Uh-huh. But Oklahoma and in Texas, that South, if you include mm-hmm. those, then we are your guys and we're the only ones you know. And that's right. So, yeah, definitely check out uh, Druid's Hand. I was looking up, mm-hmm. trying to find uh, uh, the Kickstarter is the main thing I go to to look mm-hmm. at other stuff. But uh, you can find it, you know, just search it on YouTube mm-hmm. or whatever, Druid's Hand. You know and, what? Uh, we can awesome. uh, embed a link in the show notes of we this very episode. Do that. Let's do that. Smart. You're smart. Hey, this you know guy what? gets it. Every once in a while. <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night, and I take the pillow that I've half-eaten out of my throat. I'm like, not today. It's not a marshmallow again, Brent. You can't do it. You get smarter by the day. Now, you know what? Eventually, I'm going to be raptor-level intelligent to where I'm like, I can open my own doors. Your wife should be really happy about that day, because you Mm -hmm. have to ask her to get out of the house a lot. Yeah. It's already bad enough where I'm like, I got to put this quilt in northern in my butt to get this poo (laughs) out, bro. You know? You got to help me out with this, dude. And she's like, no, not having it. Uh, I think if you're raptor size, you probably got to go brownie. Brownie. You got to go brawny. Brawny pipe paper towels. Oh, my God. I don't think you got to go. I don't think toilet paper is going to hold it. <laughs> I think you got a lot to work with. First off, mm-hmm. bidet. Bidet, I think, is where you go for your raptor, number one. Is that how somebody with a speech impediment says good day in Australia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, a raptor with a speech impediment in Australia would just say that. What would it sound like, Brent? But they bite. Yeah, it might sound just like that. You're yeah. right. You're right, man. Okay, I thought so. Uh, I just wanted to make sure. Sometimes I get scared. I'm like, I don't yeah. know if this is right. But I was like, okay, I always but like you, to run it by you. This time you were right, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. So good. Um, yeah, man. So yeah, check out their stuff. Also check mm-hmm. out um, the Terror Table, which is the their podcast or 
yeah. uh, Mitch's podcast. So mm-hmm. um, definitely check that out, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to see this movie pretty soon. Because now that there's a fucking trailer, I've watched that like every day. But uh, now I'm like, <laughs> I need more too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So uh, yeah, that's pretty rad. Well, do you want to go ahead and get into the main topics today? Main topic, I suppose. What the hmm. Brent? Oh, this. What, Stephen? I'm finally on my last two slices of these ter- <laughs> chocolate fucking oranges. I've got one milk chocolate, one dark chocolate one left. And uh, wow. I've been eating an orange, a chocolate orange slice from each of these once an hour for the past month and a half or where, mm-hmm. whenever. There's so much of this <laughs> chocolate orange. At first, I was kind of pissed off that we paid like... Eight dollars each for these uh-huh. fucking things, but I'm like, honestly, plenty of value in this. Yeah, that's ten cents a petal. Is <laughs> what right. we're finding. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it is. You know, <laughs> the, the quality of the product itself is uh, a little bit in flux with me, but you know, the value is is all right there. You know. Well, sure. Have they have they grown on you at all, or have they grown further away from you? Um, well, dark chocolate one's good. Mm-hmm. You know. Looks like you're eating this, milk chocolate this, right now. Milk chocolate is what I'm eating now. Yeah. Not a great idea for the podcast. I thought it'd be a funny <laughs> bit for the show. But then Turns you out, to eat it, yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, well, I gotta... <laughs> now I just have to finish eating this, you know? Uh-huh. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you gotta have that nice uh, taste in your mouth. That orange mm-hmm. and, and milk chocolate. I, I do stand by the, the orange and dark. If you're gonna do it, that's the way to go for sure. That that actually is pretty good. Still, yeah. maybe not my jam, mm-hmm. but I like it overall. Yep. I shouldn't have let you. I don't know why I stopped talking there. I knew you just. I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm done now. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to leave my podcast host, my co host, uh, uh, stay, stay again. Yeah. Look, this is, um, I think, two consecutive episodes where we've re- recorded at weird times. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You yeah, know? That's what it is. And now we're recording like much later on Sunday than we normally do. And it's just, uh, you know, out of sorts. This, this was a mistake. This was a mistake to, to eat on this episode. I feel like my tongue is swelling. <laughs> but to choke myself out yeah with this yeah man good luck so is that the last of that one that was the last of the milk chocolate i still All have right. the the dark chocolate so slice, slice here left i'll uh i'll, I'll try to fight through the the pain mm-hmm. to, to eat that one before the end of the, the episode here oh man i'm but excited yeah. i think mm-hmm. everybody is I, I, with bated breath, everyone oh, yeah. waits, you know? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, so you... Uh, I don't remember how we even got on this topic of, uh, of mm-hmm. the Rocketeer, but... Uh, so... Da-da-da-da! <laughs> I saw at the beginning of the year that IDW Publishing, which is a comic book company, uh, said that they were going to release a brand new Rocketeer miniseries um, at the... In, in April of, of this year. Mm, okay. And they were going to do that for the 40th anniversary of the original Rocketeer comics from Dave Stevens um, coming out. And I thought, oh, okay, I know you've been wanting to discuss the movie. Uh, yeah. it, it, it was one of the first movies we added to our list. Like you mentioned oh, on man, the, that's cool. the, the that. Mind Grenade episode with Hector, like we meant to get to Roger Rabbit or Who Framed Roger Rabbit like early on. Mm-hmm. And it was like in our notes of like, oh, we can discuss any of this stuff. Rocketeer was on that list early as well. Yeah. And we just have never gotten to it until today, in which we will discuss that movie. So I thought this would be a good time to go over that because I had read the comic, or so I thought, uh, and then you have seen the movie multiple times, Mm -hmm. uh, I believe, and then uh, 
we're going to uh, consume the other bit of entertainment and then uh, discuss them both on this very episode. Yeah, that's kind of fun. I didn't. Re- I guess I forgot that you had read the comic before. Um, Steven, so did I. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me this story. Yeah. So I remember vividly re- reading this comic um, when. My wife and I stayed with you and your wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had first moved down to Texas. You uh-huh. guys were briefly staying with your in-laws there. Mm-hmm. And they had a swimming pool. And we went there and we just like had a, a big like pool party and had a lot of fun there. Uh, I had a jalapeno beer and a hot tub. Oh. Big mistake. It was not good. <laughs> in Texas? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. In Texas. Yeah. Good point. Um, Amazing. Th- that was a mistake. But I remember vividly like reading the Rocketeer comic. And so much so that I was like, oh, I really like this. Also, I'm glad I finished reading that because... That's one, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of legendary comic that I can check off my mental like bucket list or whatever. Right and then I went to reread it this weekend and I got about halfway through it. And then it like started a, a whole new thing. I was like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> like, this is like amazing whole new territory almost. <laughs> I'm like, like some of the, the art in the Dave Stevens comic is so fucking spectacular that I can't imagine seeing it before and mm. not instantly remembering it totally. because it's just like it's such eye candy for oh, me yeah mm-hmm. it's really like a master draftsman um right on but you know for the purposes of of this episode and us comparing the two i figure maybe we can just kind of like cross talk them if we need to yeah, and maybe a, we can just cool. like say oh in, in the comic this versus the movie it's that or whatever mm-hmm. but um what about uh, you with the movie? Did you see this in theaters when it came out back in 1991? Yeah, so I don't remember that en- en- enough, I guess. I was only six years old. I remember this movie a lot when I was a kid, though. Like, I feel yeah. like it was just one of the ones we watched a lot in my house, and I was really, like, attached to, I guess, for a while. But then it, like, kind of left my brain a little bit. I kind of left it behind at some point, and I kind of forgot about it. And then mm. I was new that I liked The Rocketeer. I love his design. That fucking oh, yeah. costume. Like, everything about it, uh, the, the helmet in particular, is just, oh my god, it's so fucking cool. It's one of the coolest things. And I love, like, jetpacks and stuff, the whole idea of that and science fiction, whatever. Anytime that shows up anywhere is always cool. But especially in this kind of era, I really like World War II stuff growing up, and I still do. And, like, basically defeating the Nazis and, like, trying to, like, like, like Indiana Jones stuff. You know, like, mm-hmm. like they were going after the occult, and now they're going after... Uh, jetpacks and it's like I just like that uh, that kind of you know era and everything for these types of stories as well but I kind of left it behind and I don't know why and then it was a few years ago I guess that I wanted to watch it and uh, full disclosure I was completely stoned when I did it Um, (laughs) and it was amazing it was like I hadn't seen it since like the 90s early 90s I guess and it was like one of these things like there's a scene very early on where um there's like someone being chased like across a field and mm-hmm. I, I even that little image I remembered so vividly and I was watching it and it was like um, my brain was just like firing like crazy and it was like every every time something would about to happen I'd, I'd remember it like oh cool it was like I was remembering it as it went along and I could I couldn't tell you how it was going to end or like what was going to happen but I could kind of tell you little scenes or like little moments of like visual awesomeness that are also in the movie like the comic you know. Yeah, because um, they, they follow a lot of the the visuals so well, mm-hmm. um, kind of use that as a blueprint and stuff. And um, so, yeah, it was fascinating to me. And it, I loved it so much. I, I, I felt like 
my heart swelled a few sizes like the fucking Grinch when I saw oh, it years ago. Like, gross. <laughs> but not about Christmas, about the Rocketeer, which is oh, cool. Oh, okay, okay. Right? It's allowed. That. Yeah, it's allowed, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it was really cool. So then I rewatched it for this time, and like, it doesn't have that same magic. I still really mm-hmm. liked it, and I, I hope to kind of, you know, watch it every once in a while. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a really just fun little romp. Um, like, everything about it, the era, the people involved, like, the look of it, the... The music, especially whatever, which I'll talk about. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool this time, but I didn't love it as much as I did a few years ago. There was something about it that I like. The nostalgia just fucking ran me over, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was really good, and um, it was really fun to read the comic, which I've never read. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, that was neat for me. So do you remember uh, you read the you thought you read the comic a few years ago, but you didn't like grow up on either of these. So you don't remember this movie when it came out or anything. I remember it coming out, and I remember seeing the advertising for it. But I thought to myself, well, Jurassic Park, just around the corner. I'll just budget my time wait. for that. But like, it was, um, it, it looked like an adventure type thing, which I was not quite into. Yeah. Um, like, I still haven't. I've I've only seen the Indiana Jones movies in like bits and pieces and stuff. Oh, that was wild to me. Yeah, I know. Um, or like on TV, I guess uh, whichever one ends with like the face melting, I've seen the most mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, the the Mummy movies hadn't come out at that point. The Brendan Fraser yeah. Mummy movies, and a few years I like later, those or at least I have memory of liking those. I haven't yeah. watched them like since I don't know. It's been over a decade since I've seen those. So oh, okay, I don't they know still hold how, up. Do they? The first uh, we watched the first one the last year, and it still holds up. I think the second one I still like. Um, the rest of them I don't give a shot, but. Yeah, uh, that first one at least is still pretty solid. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's like a, I don't know. I, I remember seeing the the like Art Deco mm-hmm. style Rocketeer poster back in the day and thinking, oh wow, that looks cool. Yeah. And then, uh, it just never was anything that I like saw in theaters, and it's not anything I watched on home video. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And until we decided to watch it for the podcast, I hadn't really intended to. There was no, like, immediate rush to yeah. watch the movie, you know? That's what's uh, fun and, about the podcast, though. It kind of yeah. leads you into things, you know. Um, yeah. Connects you to your friends and be like, this is something that meant something to me at one point, And then mm-hmm. has a cool comic connection, which you like. And, yeah, yeah. it's kind of fun, yeah. Um, and then for the comic, I, I think I came across, like, the original. Um, it's called Rocketeer, The Complete Adventures mm-hmm. by Dave Stevens. And, uh, and we're reading this on Comixology, or we read it on Comixology. And... Uh, I think there was just like a sell on Comixology at the time, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, okay, I've never read this. It's cheap enough. I'll go ahead and scoop this and and um, get into it. Um, the I I should say the original comic I believe was uh, colored, but it was like uh, very like basic coloring mm-hmm. at the time. Whereas this is recolored by Laura Martin, who's an incredible colorist, and she does a lot of like rendering to help make the figures even more three D than. They mm-hmm. originally appeared. That's cool. And she does a lot of, like, um, uh, a lot of really detailed work with like people's facial structures and mm. highlighting that type of thing. <clears throat> That's and awesome. And then uh, the lettering is by Carrie Spiegel, I think is the last name. But I I believe the original comics were hand lettered, and this was mm. done digitally. Okay. Outside of like sound effects and that type of thing. But I think the the font choice is really nice. I do say the. The, the downfall for the comic for me is the placement of some of the word balloons yes, makes it a little bit you. confusing to read. Yes. Because it's like, you know, we read 
right to left, top to bottom. But there are certain points where the next thing you're supposed to read is below. Uh, it's just like in a weird placement. Mm-hmm. Like you think you're supposed to read the word balloon that's on the left, then go to the right and then down. But sometimes you have to read top to bottom and then go across the page, even though it's that's not they're the perceived all over order. The place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, in particular, page nine where they're they're creating the helmet um, for the suit or whatever. It has this look where there's like a center square panel, and then around it is kind of a bunch of other panels. And I was like, I had such an issue mm-hmm. being like, where where do I go? And I'm I'm still kind of new to comics, I, I feel, and so I've only really paid attention to this a little bit as we you and I have talked about like where to mm-hmm. place the the speech bubbles, and then like the lettering and stuff that I never really understood it was like a whole art form unto itself. And it's so fascinating now to look for. And I've, I've found a few people on YouTube that like discuss this and I've read about it a little bit too, where it's like, you have to like guide the the reader where to go next. And like you have, like you wouldn't put a, maybe the artist drew it this way and the word balloon would fit better over here, but you have to put it over here because it, the next panel is over there and you have to like do it that way. Mm-hmm. And this one is kind of all over the place. And I had yeah. such issues for until I got used to kind of what they were doing. After that, it kind of settled down a little bit. But uh, I'm glad you brought it up because it was it was one of my only notes about the comic that I wrote down that I was just like, wait yeah. a second. What the what is happening? <laughs> wow, that's it, interesting. And I think the the word balloons were hand drawn by Dave Stevens mm. at the time he was making the comic. So that's to say that even if. There's not a way to remove those word balloons from the comic without it affecting everything else. It's not like there's an underdrawing underneath these word balloons. Not in, like, modern comics where an artist draws, like, the entire page or whatever, and then the letterer digitally puts the word balloon on top of it. So if you wanted to delete that word balloon or Mm. move it around, there would still be drawings underneath it or whatever. But, um, yeah, outside of that, um, and it is a fault of the comic, but, you know, all that to you say, get used to it, yeah, it's not too yeah. bad. Um, and I feel like it it becomes less of a problem as we progress through the mm-hmm. book. Maybe I did too, yeah. Um, but all that to say, like Dave Stevens' art in this reminds me so much of like Norman Rockwell, Ooh. where it's like the old time folky yeah, yeah. type of uh, Americana. Yes, thank so you. That's yeah. what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like it's not stiff. You know, I, I've always liked norman rockwell's work uh mm-hmm. i know it's wild to say uh wild <laughs> you're to say a that. rebel but, man but he's uh <laughs> i always thought that his his artwork seemed like it had motion to it and the characters were expressive and there's some like acting going on even though it's just like a static image yeah and it's the same thing for this comic it, it seems like everything is in motion all the time and not like in a, a bad way to where things are moving that shouldn't or whatever mm-hmm. uh but yeah i was i was super impressed with this totally and man the the pacing for the comic is is a little bit wild because the rocketeer from what i gather like the first few chapters were a backup story and another comic mm-hmm. meaning that there was like i don't know like a 20 page story of whatever in this comic book and then the last eight pages of the book were the Rocketeer chapter one or whatever. Gotcha, so okay. it was like eight pages or whatever. But um, yeah, I'm trying to to find, let's see, originally published in the, in serial form in Star Slayer, uh, Star Slayer numbers one through three, Pacific Comics presents numbers one and two, the Rocketeer special edition number one, the Rocketeer adventure magazine one through three. So it's kind of spread out a little bit. That's so interesting in comics for me, too, that I read a little bit about that. I, I didn't quite understand it. I, I did 
gather what you were saying because I've read enough to to know that like sometimes there's like a little story about something else behind mm-hmm. another one. But especially I, I'm not used to just getting like is it each trade each 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 like individual book or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. um, and seeing that stuff and then. Um, it's wild to me. Like, I don't remember you even, I've already forgotten it. Star Slayer or whatever, but it's yeah. like the Rocketeer. I fucking know he was right, made into yeah. a movie. Star Slayer. <laughs> never fucking heard of. Like, do not know what that is. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's funny that he was like a secondary story and they have to kind of, they do that to kind of introduce people and the, then they might have their first book, but it's like the middle of the story or maybe collected of, you know, things that were already released. Um, I, I find that really interesting for comics, how that, that kind of model works. Um, to release new people and stuff, so new books. Oh, it was a, a Mike Grell comic. He's a a longtime comic book creator, but it looks it looks wild. It's like a oh, weird space faring. Uh, it's like Star Wars, but more piratey. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, is what it looks I'm like. Kind of into that. I don't know. Maybe yeah, a little bit. Yeah, got to so, work. Um, but I I'm glad you mentioned the colors too of this book because I had read that as well that they were recolored for this like collection of them and I couldn't find anything really online when I when I tried to type in like Rocketeer color it pulled up a whole bunch of Rocketeer coloring books which were pretty cool um, mm-hmm. but I didn't need that and uh, I couldn't find a lot of comparisons though I didn't know the like an easy way to to I guess word that to to search it right. Um, but I'd be really curious to see like panels of this that I like a lot now and see like the original coloring to it. Cause they really do have like a 3d, like his suit and his mask and stuff have like a really good 3d look to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I wonder, yeah, that's just really cool. Like years later, it kind of looks like this and I've only known this one. Yeah. But, uh, and that's the other yeah. thing is, uh, I was reading about the movie and how like there's a lot of tumult and all of this drama mm-hmm. behind the scenes about it. And to see that Disney was like, nah, like we don't really want like the Rocketeer helmet from the comic. That's wild. <laughs> and yeah. they wanted to do just like a regular like astronaut helmet, you know, yeah. that, that type of thing. But now that we know that it can translate to oh, live yeah. action and it looks good, it's like, well, why why would you even argue against it? Yeah. Those executives, man. You just gotta mm-hmm. that's what's I, I you hear all kinds of stories about all all kinds of movies that have gone through rewrites and all the stuff whatever but this one is no different like they mm-hmm. tried to get it made for a long time but they said it was like before batman was released before dick tracy like mm. comic book movies being like weren't like like lucrative and they didn't want to make it and they were like the original writers were when it was bought by disney they were pulled off like three different times and brought yeah. back mm-hmm. and they were like it was ridiculous like six months later like the executives would be like oh this line's my favorite and it's one they told us to get rid of before <laughs> yeah. and it makes no sense and it's all a waste <laughs> Uh-huh. And, uh, and then they said that Dave Stevens took his, like, not his own money, but he, like, they got a cast of, like, the stuntman's head, and then, like, he was like, the helmet's the best part, like, you should do, you should do it, and he kind of went with his own model worker to, like, make it, and they were like, yeah, it totally works. And mm-hmm. so it's like, there's a lot to just get what was on the page to the screen, and yeah. amazingly, I feel like this movie isn't talked about a ton as a as a really successful comic book movie, because it wasn't that well received when it released like the movie itself is more again like a cult following over time but mm-hmm. as a direct comic to movie adaptation it's very good like if you yeah. like this story if you like that character like the look is totally there like things are kind of tweaked but for the most mm-hmm. part you get the book in the movie and they really capture like that that tone the looks of it so well and um joe johnston the 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 filmmaker that was brought on to direct this movie i think is a testament to that as well like his style of movies his background as an art director and like working on special effects and stuff um, was so interesting. And yeah, I, I don't know. He just really was able to capture this this type of book, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, what's funny to me is like all the little details they get right throughout the movie 
come from the comic like the the little like diner that looks diner. like a, a bulldog or I could not the believe they built that for the movie I know right that it's was amazing. just like of all the things they could have just like not included right somebody had to build this weird ass paper mache diner <laughs> that was life size because you yeah. do see people walk into it and this was before CGI and yeah. all of that stuff I suppose they could have done We're like, like matte painting and done yeah. all of that stuff but it's like Fuck, you might as well just build this it's fucking dog. It's certainly built. Yeah. And there's there's a whole, like, uh, I, I don't know if we're going to release a picture of that or whatever people look at that, but it's like this mm-hmm. bulldog or, like, whatever, like, like as a as a diner, and it doesn't need, like you said, it could have just been a diner, like, no big deal. But they, mm-hmm. they have that attention to detail. And then there's a whole scene where they're hiding out in the dog's, like, face, yeah. like, as, an, as a secret <laughs> attic. And I, I remember that stuff this time, too. When I rewatched it. It was like a nostalgia thing where I was like, oh, my God, I remember I wanted this thing. It was so cool. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, the production design on this, um, sticking with some of those those design elements that were released in the book are, are, are really great. And they didn't have to do them all, but I'm so glad that they spent the effort, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, the female lead of yeah. both the comic and the, the movie. Um, in the comic, she her, her name is Betty, mm-hmm. and she looks... Exactly like Betty Page, the yeah. <laughs> real life model from back in the day. And in the comic, uh, Cliff Secord, who is the, the eventual rocketeer, uh, his girlfriend is Betty and she's like a nude model. Whereas, wow, <laughs> totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the movie, she's a struggling actress and her name is Jenny, played by Jennifer Connelly. Mm. And uh, I, w- I was. I remember seeing at the beginning of the movie, he's got that little photo of her in his cockpit. Mm-hmm. And it. I was like, that doesn't look like the name Betty. I can't tell what it was. <laughs> but then later he yeah. calls her Jenny. I was like, oh, did, did is this like one of those things in, um, what is that Tom Cruise movie, Days of Thunder, where... Uh, I was just uh, thinking about that movie the other day. Yeah. What did oh, you wow. say? <laughs> Where uh, Brooke wow. Shields accidentally calls Tom Cruise's character Tom because she's like talking to Tom Cruise. Oh, that's amazing. I don't, yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't realize. That's funny. But yeah, I was like, oh, did, is this what happened? But no, it's like they, they renamed the character Jenny, I guess, just yeah. to like get away from, you know, they don't want any lawsuits from this, this whole thing. Yeah, I guess it's like one of those things. It makes me think of like when I first saw when I was reading about that. I mean, obviously, she looks like Betty Page on the mm-hmm. on the page on the book um but (laughs) i know (laughs) interesting if we think of uh the book wanted where it's like it's like totally like it's eminem and is it halle berry is it the the other Mm -hmm. it's like clear as day them Mm -hmm. um but in the movie they like went you know like a different way or whatever but it's like yeah it makes sense in book form or it kind of works in a certain way and she's still like jennifer connelly still has like you know the the brunette voluptuous you know bombshell sort of thing going on in that in the movie anyway but um i didn't realize yeah that it, in the book it was going to be that she was like a real like sex worker so she was just like taking sex pictures yeah. um and then uh one of the cool things i read about online i was reading uh, i was so fascinated by how this was created and the people involved and i was reading a lot about the history of joe johnston where he came from and like what he was doing like he was involved in star wars and indiana jones he was like an art director on those movies and like Ended up. <laughs> I was trying to get into while you were talking. I will like. I just couldn't let it slide. It was so funny. Yeah. You did, Brent just shoved in that last. I was in the last I was trying of the to bit sneak of, it the, in. of the orange. No, I've got. No, just half. Oh, man, you have to go. Trying to, yeah, trying mm-hmm. to chew through it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, so Joe Johnson was like a 
you know, involved in like Lucasfilm and, and that kind of uh, and like ILM and stuff in the 80s and then ended up directing his first movie, which was Honey, I Shrink the Kids. I totally didn't realize that was one of his. Uh, and that and then his next film was this movie. Um, but he talked. Uh, I, I was reading about him and then Dave Stevens as well had like, you know, been in comics and stuff. But he had also done like art. He had done um, storyboards for George Lucas. Uh, I think oh. for, for also for Raiders of the Lost Ark, he did like storyboards for that. So I don't know if he and Joe Johnston met then or if they only met mm-hmm. later and like knew they kind of had some kind of connection. Um, but I was reading about Dave Stevens, the uh, the creator of the book, and they, he was like, yeah, once he like kind of talked about Betty Page and he was really obsessed with her, he liked, you know, used her no. for this book and stuff. I know. Who could have thought? He found out she was alive and lived near him and they became friends in her later life. And then he even like helped secure her money for her image that was being used for free because people were just stealing it and putting it all everywhere. And she became like a huge property again, uh, much thanks to him. And I thought that was so oh, sweet wow. um, yeah. that he actually didn't just like love her, you know, on the page, but uh, mm-hmm. he actually like took care of her uh, a little bit, which was really cool. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was neat to see her out here. And she's also nearly naked a lot, which was interesting in this book. I did not expect that mm-hmm. from this Disney movie uh, adaptation of this comic book. Um, (laughs) I never expected, you know, they they take a lot of that stuff out, but, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a full on ass in this. So, oh yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) Hell yeah, dude. But, um, the, the illustrations that they've, they've got in this, uh, especially for, uh, Betty, she does look voluptuous, but she also looks like realistic. Like she's got Mm -hmm. different, um, she doesn't look like so overly, cartoonish i guess it looks yeah. like her her body has like imperfections and a little bit of waviness like an actual yeah, humans for sure does and and like uh, betty page I, did yeah yeah like exactly mm-hmm. and then like even the uh the camera guy like in uh the image i've got here which is uh yes yeah <laughs> page 39 there the you same go one. Yeah, same yeah. one um the the guy in the background with the camera who's yeah. uh, like trying to seduce her he's uh the photographer or whatever photographer of the stars or whatever mm. um the wrinkles on his clothing like the fabric illustration the the camera that he's holding all of that stuff just looks like fucking incredible yeah it's but also like betty page is like you know i mean she's like a pretty yeah. good there she's like pretty good. it's cool it's like he he obviously i was one of the other things i was reading about dave stevens that he was on set a lot much to mm-hmm. the chagrin of of all of the executives they didn't want him there but um he was like no i'm this is my baby i want to be here or whatever and he talked about when he when he worked with Joe Johnston and his team and they were like making the movie stuff. He gave them his like Bible for this, like every re- every piece of research uh, that he had. And um, he seemed to like really like he, he had like lists of like he had like phone numbers of guys who actually owned planes that they could film with that he like had called for like reference shots or whatever. He had done mm-hmm. so many things like I believe that he looked up this camera and like drew that camera right like he was so particular about everything all the details in it um and mm-hmm. the comic book is filled with those and they're so gorgeous yeah. uh and then he that led into the movie because he was essentially like able to give them you know, production design elements so yeah um and it shows them both of them it's really cool to see the the two the pairings of them i like i like reading this and watching the movie together it was really fun yeah and i will note that the the rocket pack itself looks different in the movie than it does yeah. in the comic but Either way, I mean, they both the, look cool, this, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they both look retro, and they have like a fun design to them. Yeah. Um, there was one sequence where uh, Cliff flies up as the Rocketeer to save his friend, who was like trying to fill in for yeah. him because uh, uh, Cliff was running late that morning. Uh, I, we should say that Cliff is a like a 
kind of a stunt pilot, puts on aerial shows for mm-hmm. crowds of people or whatever. He was late for his show, so his one of his friends, I think it was Goose, or no, maybe that was a different person. Goose is a friend later on, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a, uh, a guy who was like trying to take the plane up for him, and uh, evidently that sequence in the movie was modeled very closely mm-hmm. from the comic uh, for that sequence. Super which cool. Is, yeah, it is pretty rad that they it's, went back and touched on it. It's just, that's the, that's why comic book movies should work, I feel. It, it, at least on this kind of thing where you're mostly mm-hmm. sticking to the story, like you're able to try things out in a, a, a much cheaper medium, you know, mm-hmm. like you just have to draw it. You can come up with literally whatever you want and you can draw whatever you want. And right. you can get that out there, and then the movie has to scale that back because they either have to really build it or they have to pay you know teams of computer animators to do that or whatever. And um, if you can like utilize that stuff, they they did all the work for you, you know, mm-hmm. on the page. Sure. And uh, it's cool when they're able to actually use those things, like essentially storyboarding a scene. You know, might as well do it like the comics. So, oh yeah, one hundred percent. Super cool. Um, there's a, a certain point where uh, the comic takes like a wild turn for me. And this is where I was like, I don't know if I fucking read those before. <laughs> dude. Like, There's a, a point where, um, I think it was, uh, up through, Oh geez. Let me, let me go back through here. I think 60 page, uh, 68, uh, of the comic starts a, a new chapter mm-hmm. effectively. Um, the, the previous page on 67, uh, Betty flies off with the photographer guy. She's going to leave cliff. Um, in the comic, uh, they are more combative toward each other, Cliff yeah. and, and Betty, whereas in the movie, uh, Jenny and Cliff uh, kind of like each other. They still squabble a little bit, yeah. but I feel it's more so in the, the comic. So in the, the comic, Betty leaves, and she's flying on an airplane away, and then beginning on page 68, this is where Cliff, and I believe this is where it started, the Rocketeer became its own comic. It's only like okay. miniseries here uh-huh. because the chapters are longer. And it's Cliff flying to New York after Betty to try to get her back. And it was at this point where I was like, I don't know if I've read any of this because <laughs> uh, none of it's ringing a bell. And at a certain point, there is um, this weird, like, uh, Lothar looking, or his oh, name is yeah. Lothar. He's like oh, a crazy, like, giant looking dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't remember this. But the first time we see him, is it's so iconic looking. But, um, before that, there's a uh, a scene where uh, Betty is hanging out in a hotel, uh, or uh, maybe it's like a dance club or whatever, with the um, the guy who's uh, the photographer, and then like some of mm-hmm. his like skeevy friends or whatever, and they're all hanging out, and um, she's about to get I don't know, it's a little like troublemakery, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cliff shows up and starts putting the kibosh on him. On page 78, Stephen, is one of the most absolutely gorgeous illustrations I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Yeah. That's With a Jessica that. Rabbit pose right there, man. Oh, my God. Right? My pants almost exploded right <laughs> off my it's body. Pretty, that that dress is illegal, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm, I don't think that that's allowed. Mm-hmm. And this, well, is a, this is a drawing, folks, but listen. It's good. It's fine. Trust me. It's fine. It's all there. Look at those it's calves. I'm telling you. The, the detail work of like the musculature and stuff. And like you said, her body mm-hmm. earlier, like she has, you know, curves and stuff. And like mm-hmm. there's there's a, a certain way that like uh, a woman's like stomach kind of pouches sometimes. It's like super sexy. Mm-hmm. But I think. Yeah. In general, like women get in their heads that like everyone's like super flat or whatever. But it's like, no, this is like the body. Right. Mm-hmm. And they do. He does a really good job of like capturing all that that nuance of a human body. 
Mm-hmm. And even the expression on Betty's face where she's a little bit pained, you know? Yeah, right. Um, the, the way the light is reflecting off of her hair and making highlights, it's just all fucking stellar. Yeah, and the coloring, too. That's, again, like, this is one mm-hmm. that I'd be interested to see what it would look like before because that, that hair looks like fucking crazy 3D. Like, that looks mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty rad. Yeah, that's a good good one. This this is a weird departure, though, and I'm glad they didn't go into it in the movie, that there's, like, a whole circus so in this section because that's where Lothar comes in right Mm -hmm. and I was like this is weird man Uh, that would have been such a weird flashback if they did that in the movie but uh, that's where you like you try things out in comic books and it works there Mm -hmm. but maybe maybe you can leave it on the cutting room floor for the movie on uh, going back a little bit to page 75 into 76 uh, as that brawl was breaking out and Cliff was trying to fight the photographer guy and then the photographer's uh, goons are there to like peel him off and he was going to kick Cliff's ass somebody grabs the photographer's hand as he's getting ready to punch Cliff mm. and if you turn the page and uh, we're on page 76 it's the fucking shadow I was wondering from, if that's him yeah yeah that's from, awesome. like pulp uh, novels and comics and all that yeah. stuff only the shadow knows that that character he's he's just like, fucking Baldwin, in the comic right? yeah yeah from the movie <laughs> and I was like wait can't did they just do that? Like, Betty Page is in this, and then, yeah, like, right. all of a sudden, the shadow's in this? But they don't call him the shadow. He's never in costume as the shadow, but he's got that big, like, fucking beak on his nose, uh-huh. and there's references to that um, later on. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he, he mentions knowing all of the photographer's dirty secrets, meaning, like, only the shadow knows, and then mm, that's at right, the yeah. bottom... Uh, at the bottom of page 77 and the last little panel, uh, it's a close-up of him with his dick-esque looking nose it's hanging so over dickish. at the bottom of that panel. It's Thank so dickish. you for saying that. It looks so penis-like. Oh, my what's God. That, what's that Dan Aykroyd movie, Nothing But Trouble, where they have, like, dick noses? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's yeah, like, it that. like that. It does look like that. Uh, <laughs> and the, the word balloon from that character says, so long as he's in New York, I'll be sticking to him like a shadow. Mm-hmm. A shadow is bolded. Um, so yeah, it's the Man, fucking shadow funny. is just like in the book. I was looking it up cause I was like, Oh, the shadow of the movie must've come out like post this movie as or post. It's all post Batman, I suppose as like comic book movies. Um, mm-hmm. I was also, I gotta look up Dick Tracy. I, that's another movie I grew up on that I forget about. I haven't seen it in forever, but I think I would remember a ton watching it. But, yeah. uh, the shadow movie with Alec Baldwin came out in 1994. So three years after this, right? This was 91. Yeah. Um, oh, and Dick Tracy came out in 1990. So this was I was right before that. They're all like right in a row though. It's seriously like this Batman trend. Um, mm-hmm. But I liked The Shadow as lo- a lot as a kid too. I I turned that on not too long ago, and it was kind of unwatchable. Uh, I'd re- I like to try it again someday. But uh, The Rocketeer mm-hmm. was like a much better experience. Like you know, heading back to. Um, and I'd, I'd be curious about The Shadow or Dick Tracy and see what I think mm-hmm. about them now. But yeah. Um, on, uh, let's see, page 93 is where we see that full splash page of Lothar. And I was like, wow, what a crazy looking character. And then to see this character shows up almost looking directly like this in the movie. <laughs> I was like, are you shitting me? They really, they did they it. went there. That was they the Dick, that was the Dick Tracy of it. That looked like the goons mm-hmm. from that movie to me. And yeah. it was a weird, in that movie, that's, that's so bright and colorful and I don't know, weird in this. This one, like... The Rocketeer felt a little more grounded than that to me. And then, uh, I don't know, he was he was a fun goon in the movie, though. I liked him. I'm mm-hmm. glad we didn't get as much of a backstory with him, though. 
that he was like, I, I liked this little girl who was not a little girl, but she was like a woman and she drowned and I need like, it was, yeah, she was like a little person. Yeah. In the, in the circus. Yeah. I, just, I couldn't remember what to call. Yeah. What to say. Cause in the, mm. in the book, they do not say it right. Nope. And I was like, don't say that word, but <laughs> other words, uh, but she looks like a little like Shirley Temple girl, mm-hmm. but I, I think she's like a, supposed to be like a woman yes in the show mm-hmm. right okay mm-hmm. that's like yeah and it was a weird backstory um it was kind of some of the drawings were cool for it still mm-hmm. but um yeah kind of unnecessary for the plot overall yeah it, it, and it's weird because it's like well now that i've got an official rocketeer comic you know yeah. i can do, tell this three issue story <laughs> what is finally, it gonna be oh uh, well, i guess this i can finally uh, tell my circus adventure <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's really all the, the things I wanted to discuss in the comic proper. I'm sure we can always touch back on it, but I do have some notes regarding the movie. Cool, yeah, right on. If you want to go over that. Um, one thing I, I noted at the beginning of the movie as the credits started playing, and we watched this on uh, Disney+, Plus. So at least that's where I watched yeah. it. I, I'm not sure if you own it independently of that. But um, at the beginning of the movie, as it's pulling up the, the, the text for, like, you know, a so-and-so production or whatever, eventually it says uh, a Joe Johnson film. And to me, it seems like a missed opportunity to say a Joe Johnston joint. Oh, you're yeah. right. Work some of that spikeliness in there. Yeah, he could have stolen that from him. Why not? Yeah. You got so many J's in you your name. You got the J's in there. What is, how many J's does Spike Lee have in his name? Zero goose egg. Steven, you know I can't spell. Why don't you ask me that on <laughs> I'm air? I'm so sorry. I thought oh you were going to say, I just looked up Spike's, Spike's little middle name. It's Spike J Lee. J- <laughs> it's it's just six J's in a row. <laughs> he really earned that, earned that joint, man. He really did. He did. Um, uh-huh. I was going to mention though, I could go through a little bit of the cast because that was yeah. that was intriguing to me. So uh, Joe Johnston, as we mentioned, is the director. Um, the screenplay was by Danny Bilson and Paul DeMio, who were a screenwriting team. I looked them up a little bit. There wasn't a ton else they had done. They had done some like video game work um, and some other things. Uh, and then this one. Oh. Oh, there he goes. I love the, the I, I final <laughs> orange. Mm, I was I've reading my iPad and I could only see you in my periph and I thought mm-hmm. you were frozen. And I was oh, like, oh, no. I should look up and make sure he's not. And you were just like, I'm about to eat this orange. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. I'll wait. I'll wait. Mm-hmm. Um, so it stars Bill Campbell as the Rocketeer, as Cliff. Yeah. Uh, Bill Campbell, I want to mention specifically because I mostly know him from one movie and it's enough where yes. he is the jackass, violent, abusive husband. Mm-hmm. And this movie is like I try to t- explain it to my wife because she and I love enough and we watch it a mm-hmm. bunch. It's just so cheesy and pulpy good. And um, this movie that was two, 10 years after this for one. Uh, but this movie, he's such a hero and he's a heartthrob and he totally works like uh, one of the things I saw about him is the there's a lot of casting, you know, trying to get different people involved. Kevin Costner. Was oh one. my god! That um, was that was one of the best parts about reading the Wikipedia oh, it's article. So great. It's like no one that they wanted yeah. signed up for the movie. <laughs> yeah. Literally, they got nobody. Yeah. This is all like fourth, fifth choices. It's you know? amazing. I love when that mm-hmm. happens though, and it, like it works though. Like he he looks the part too. to me. Like mm-hmm. they said that Joe Johnston really liked him, and I, I think the comic creator as well. I really Dave liked Stevens, him. Yeah. yeah, Dave Stevens really liked they had him. Go to bat for him. Yeah, but like he totally works. Um, Matthew mm-hmm. Modine was the other one in the running. I love Matthew Modine, mm-hmm. and I can totally totally picture him in this role uh, his like kind of like good old boy like charm you know uh mm. and like leading to some adventure stuff i could totally believe that but um yeah so i think that he was really good yeah bill campbell for the role but also just weird in my head to that's literally the two things i know him from yeah could not be wildly different um alan arkin 
play. I love Alan yeah. Arkin. Uh, Played PV. PV, yeah, his mm-hmm. assistant. I didn't know if they were gonna keep that name. I love mm-hmm. that they kept that one in there from the book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love Alan Arkin, so he's he's always great. Um, and just so the listeners know, the name PV is short for Peavis. Yeah, I wanted. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's important. That, yeah, yeah, that's Peavis and Butthead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a precursor. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the Rocketeer and Beavis and Butthead are a connected series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Rocket Head uh, uh-huh. universe. That's where uh, Beavis from the TV show mm-hmm. gets his cornholio appearance. He's trying to look like the Rocketeer, so wow. he pulls the shirt over his head. A lot of people don't know that. I did not. I didn't know that. That's, that's you know what? Wow. That's, that's, we're here you. to educate. That's really great, man. That's really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Who else we got? Jennifer Connelly, obviously we mentioned, is Jenny Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, God, just in the prime of life, man. She, I have always had a crush on her. I was going to mention, though, I think she's gorgeous in this. She also has a really good look uh, for that kind of hairstyle and the clothes and stuff. I think she just mm-hmm. fits in that era so well, but... Um, yeah, she was she was great in this as as, as a lot of things, um, and yeah, always liked her. So, mm-hmm. um, who else we got? Uh, Terry O'Quinn is Howard Hughes. Yeah, that was really I had no fun. Idea he was in this. That was great. Yeah. I, I specifically, he is one actor to me that I love watching when he shows up on things, particularly mm-hmm. pre Lost, because when he showed up on Lost as Locke, I that he was another guy. I don't think I've ever seen anything else. And it turns out I've seen him like 40 fucking times. <laughs> yeah. He's in everything. Yeah. And it was super fun to see him be Howard Hughes uh, in this movie for that kind of role and everything. So mm-hmm. always like when he shows up. And then motherfucking Timothy Dalton as Neville Sinclair. I read that he was James Bond at the time. At the I time. He, I was thinking that it had uh, transitioned into. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, All right. Oh, uh, Beautician and the Beast. Uh, I wanted to say Bronson Pinchot, but that's oh. Malky from Perfect Strangers. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, the guy from Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Wait. Rob Williams? No. I'm so confused by what you're trying to say here. I've, I've lost. The the English guy in that movie oh, who starts Pierce. dating. Oh, you're, yeah. saying, oh, you're saying that you thought Bond had trans- transferred over. Yes. I yeah. get what you're saying. Okay, I get what you're who, saying. What's that guy's name? Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. You were trying yes, to say yeah. Bronson Pinchot. <laughs> yeah. I get, I get the whole thread now. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm trying to look up. Uh, ooh, if you look up Timothy Dalton's filmography, it's Timothy mm-hmm. Dalton on stage and screen. Um, oh, my God. Of course, God. he would have that. That sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So, like you were asking, Beautician and the Beast was 1997. Oh, okay. Um, good. Thank you for answering my question that I asked you know, earlier. I, I don't know. I don't remember a lot of his... Uh, his background or whatever, but it's uh, Living Daylights was 1987. That was his first Bond role. Oh, And then okay. his second one was Licensed to Kill in 1989. And I don't know. I think that was his last movie, so technically he wasn't Bond, but I don't think it transferred over yet. I don't think Pierce came on for a few more years. They um, didn't sign the bill of sale over to they, uh, Bronson Pinchot yet. Yeah, exactly. And uh-huh. they yeah. didn't have a notary. Yeah, that's Sign a problem. It. That is a problem. He thought his he thought his cousin Larry could do it for him, but he said no. Yeah, go back to Meepos. Larry, with that he shit. let it lapse. Yeah, he that's the have, problem. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have the thing anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to look up too. I'm so curious now to see whatever uh, uh, whoever fucking Pierce Brosnan took over now. But we'll have to find that another day. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, Timothy Dalton though. I mean, I mostly know him now as uh, the villain, one of the villains, one of the fun characters in Hot Fuzz. And so to see him in this yeah. was really fun. And I think he really pulled it off. I was reading about him 
for this role, and they were like, yeah, his character is, is based on um, Errol Flynn, who was like, you know, the same type of movie star in that era. He was like big in adventure movies, Robin Hood and stuff like that. And I was like, but in this movie, like he's he plays uh, an, an actor who like is trying to bed Jennifer Connelly while also trying to steal the jetpack sort of secretly. And like he's a huge Hollywood actor and everybody knows him and he's super famous. But then secretly he's a, a, a Nazi spy, we find out. And it's like this really cool thing. And then but I was like, but he's based on Errol Flynn and that like Errol Flynn's not a spy. And I looked that up on the Wikipedia and he was yeah. like. There was a whole biography about him that wasn't disproven until the late 80s, like right before this movie came out, that he was a a Nazi spy. I read that. I had to read that article three times because I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So that's fun, like given the era that they would have thought like writing this, they would have thought that entire time that Errol Flynn was a spy and it was totally fabricated for this stupid biography, Mm -hmm. uh, which is wild. Um, but yeah, it was a cool character I thought for him. um, And I liked the arc that they would have like this big Hollywood guy, you know, be this Nazi spy. It looks like uh, Pierce Brosnan, his first Bond movie was Goldeneye, mm-hmm. and that was in 1995. So they just didn't so, have one for a bunch of years. Yeah, Interesting. for a while, yeah. I didn't realize mm-hmm. they would have that big of a break sometimes, I guess. Wait. Like six years? Well, when was COVID? Maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's what it was. Oh, baby. It's been a, forever, yeah, man. Break. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't even remember. It's been so long. I know. I get you. Mm-hmm. Um there's a few other people in there. Uh, Paul Sorvino. I was like when he shows oh up. Oh my stuff. God, Steven. I'm so glad you mentioned this. Go for it. I made a note. I was like, God, Paul Sorvino fucking rules, dude. <laughs> I remember him yeah. in that first, uh, the 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie oh. where he's like the, the police chief or whatever. Ah. And then uh, April O'Neil goes in his office and she Hell busts yeah. his chops. Yes. And he, uh, he gets so pissed. But he's so fucking good. He seems like such... A real actor. I think that uh, he is acting in a whole different movie than everyone else. Yeah. I think, well, maybe he and Terry O'Quinn are the the people who are, like, doing the most acting in uh-huh. this movie. Man, it's so good. But he's I, great. I loved every time Paul Servino was on the screen. It was so fucking good. I had no idea he was related to Mira Servino. Mm-hmm. I know, right? Isn't that funny? It's like her dad. But, uh, man. He was so great. I was just having a blast. I, did, I was surprised that he was in the movie as much as he was. Same thing with Terry O'Quinn. I, I know thought, they kept oh, coming he, back. Yeah. It was like, was oh, like, cool. goddamn. This guy's <laughs> really like Howard Hughes. Like, he just keeps showing up. Yeah. He won't not show up. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. man, like Paul Servino, he's just, I, I love the, he's like a mobster, but with a conscience mm-hmm. a little bit, yep. you know? Yeah, Which I feel like, like yeah, I, I would love to be like approached by a mobster and be like, hey, you're a good kid. You want anything? <laughs> like, no, nah, sir. Let me just like, let's go about my business, you know? You keep doing your thing. I I'll won't keep say doing anything. mine. I'll do my thing. Yeah, you're no rat. You're no rat. Yeah, I'm no filthy rat. Mm. You trying to kill me, dude? Nah. Nah, I'm going to bust I'm out. I'm with that. the fishes at the bottom of the Boston Harbor, dude. Hey, you know what? You know what I say to rats? Mm. I say they're shaman. You're at the bottom of the Boston Harbor. (laughs) Anytime I see a rat, I'm like, yo, are you Master Splinter? Question one. Question two. Can you be fitted with cement shoes? (laughs) But yeah, he kind of elevates her. Like he's a he's a good actor. Like you said, with Terry O'Quinn bringing like some I don't know. Some awesomeness to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know about anybody else for for actors, though, or whatever to uh, to mention on there. So what notes do you have? I think those are the big ones outside of the guy who plays Lothar, whose name is like Tiny Ron Ooh. Ooh, uh, Taylor like or something like that. I'm going to look that guy up now. Lothar. Mm-hmm. I'll let you know uh, when, I, when I find him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But yeah, the the prosthetics they use for Lothar to like make him look exactly like he's drawn in the comic. Oh, it's good. We'll, we'll have some images put up on uh, Twitter and Instagram for people to see uh, from the comic if they don't have access to it. But Tiny uh, Ron Taylor, Tiny Ron Taylor. Yep. There you go. Um, I like that he was like, I'm gonna be like. I think in the article I read, it said he wanted to go the opposite of like the Andre the Giant route. Oh yeah, and be like, oh no, I'm tiny. <laughs> like, like uh, what's a Robin Hood's uh, tiny friends? Uh, isn't, I was about to say tiny, tiny Tim, but I'm like, no, nah, that's not right. That's I almost said short Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not short that round. Short round. <laughs> that's what it is. It's gotta be. That's right. Robin um, Hood short round. They're hanging out the together. Fuck is his name? Robin Hood, the tiny. The fuck? I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, Little John. Little John. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, yeah. I, I, I like that they put the effort into making Lothar look like Lothar. Yeah. Like he stepped directly out of the fucking comic. It's pretty good. Um, for the most part, it, it worked. There are a couple of times where it like has a close-up of Lothar like trying to speak, and his mouth doesn't move. Like The, the mouths of the aforementioned... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in that 90s movie move better than Lothar's mouth. That's where true. it's just like, oh, era. you know what? Lothar had some early <laughs> Botox. Yeah. They, they hadn't like. We're still working on the kicks. They're, they're still working on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's 2022. They're still working on that shit. Um, oh, beyond that, um, I really liked Jennifer Connelly as mm-hmm. uh, Ginny in the movie. And I, I, I like some of the changes they made in the movie in general from the comic. I felt like the movie is a more cohesive story and not yeah. as segmented as the, the comic was, but totally. like comics are comics and, and they weren't meant to be necessarily like collected as one big story yeah. at the time, you know? Um, it was just like once a month you get this little like eight to 20 page bit of story and mm-hmm. then maybe you get another one. It depends on sales, honestly. Um, but for the story, it, yeah, it just felt more cohesive. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest with you, when I started watching this movie, and I had to watch it in chunks because uh, I was out of town with my wife, and she was doing a run, and I was just kind of watching it in between us doing stuff, and I started the movie, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm feeling this. Like, oh, I got yeah. about an hour into it, and I was like, yeah, I kind of get it, but it's like, I don't know. Not I, quite I wasn't getting, yeah, there's like something about stuff that takes place in like the early days of America like this, where it's like, uh... You think 1940 <laughs> was the early days of America? Uh-huh. <laughs> the earliest days. <laughs> you know what, Stephen? No one will ever confuse us by, like, you know, the brown one, the white one. And they'll also never confuse us from being like, oh, there's the dumb one and the smart one. You know, like, the earliest days of America, you know, 1940s. Um, no, this, this movie was George takes Washington place. in 1938. <laughs> yeah. <There> was Roosevelt <laughs> was, 1940. They, if you look at the beginning of the movie, you can see George Washington's boot step out of frame. That's the transition. That's the transitional aspect in the movie. People don't notice that, but it's in there. Oh, God. Amazing. Um, he, was, he was stepping out of the way to chop down a cherry tree because mm-hmm. he did that as a fully grown adult. He was the first president, and he killed a cherry tree because it killed his family. Anyway, that's history. That's history. It's in the book. That's history. Um, but no, and like, uh, this movie takes place in 1938. The, the overall like story of the Rocketeer, I guess, begins in 1938. Same thing with the comic. And I noted that that's the same year that Superman debuted in comics. Oh. So I was trying to figure out if there's like a parallel there. Uh, maybe that's just like just a reference to that date. Or maybe it's just like, I don't know, significant or not. Could be. I no, don't know. No idea. But 
there's something about this, these early type of American movies where I'm just like, oh, there's not going to be black people or brown people in this one. Mm, so, okay, I you know, never say it. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, so this is not that, that type of thing. But um, there, and so there could be now, was, though. There could be now. Oh, oh, we'll get to it. Okay, we'll get to that okay. conversation. Yeah. Um, but by the time we got to the end of the, end of the movie, and, uh, you know, spoilers for, for this whole thing, uh, the, the comic and the movie going forward, but like, man, the, the reveal that Timothy Dalton is a Nazi, mm-hmm. and I was like, I, I did perk up because I was like, oh, we're going to fuck up some Nazis now. Okay. Because Steven, I have an infinite amount of gas in that gas tank <laughs> to fuck up some fuck Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Just like all day. And I don't even, I don't even care how true it is. Like that's oh, one I of know. the best parts of, uh, that, uh, 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 Inglorious Bastards. It's like, mm-hmm. that's not how Hitler died, but I'm glad I got to see it. I know, right? It's cathartic a little bit. I mm-hmm. love just seeing Nazis, Nazis get punched. It's great. I just like all the time. It feels good. We should do it. We should do it now. Yeah, we should. Let's raise money to punch Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> you lure them to a, to a location and then you just punch them. I like this. So like we got to come up with a catchy name, though, you know, because like Nazis are fascist and we're like anti-fascist, you know, but like that's mm-hmm. a lot to say. So like let's just short it up. Maybe something snappy. Um, I don't know, mm-hmm. like Antifa. I don't know if that's catchy enough. We you can know? raise money. OK, OK, maybe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Kickstarter. But to be fair, it, it sounds like we're against some type of like Asian food, you know, Antifa. <laughs> I feel like that's got to be a joke that's made before, but I've never heard it. And so you're the first one to ever do it. And I like it a lot. Please know I'm bowing and accepting yeah, roses being thrown at me in my head. Good, 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 good. good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I, I, you know, by the time it got to the, the, the end of the movie, I'd say like maybe the last half hour of the movie. Mm-hmm. Steven, I was having a fucking blast. Dude, dude. that's awesome. I, the Zeppelin I fight. In. I was, I was so bummed down. I was like, oh God. Steven loves this movie. Uh, I don't want to be like a fucking bummer, but like, you know, I gotta, I gotta be me, you know, oh but God. by the time I got to the end of the movie, yes, I was having a blast with it. I, I, I was surprised to read that the movie, I guess like for Joe Johnston and Dave Stevens, they had hoped to make this a, and I guess maybe the movie studio as well. They'd hoped to make like a trilogy of Rocketeer movies. Oh, I can't believe they didn't, man. And I was like, the way the movie ends with like, uh, fucking the Timothy Dalton's character mm-hmm. bursting into flames and then flying directly into the ground and destroying Hell the yeah. land part of Hollywood Land, uh, which I, I'm only like thirty percent sure that that's how land got chopped off. I don't. I have not looked it into it. It seems legit. It's. I mean, you know, honestly, I saw it on film. Yeah, that probably so, happened. I don't know, guys. Uh, but like. I would assume the rocket pack did not survive. They don't acknowledge the rocket pack going forward. There's no post credit scene in this, right? Well, they, so, yeah, they, not the rocket pack itself, but Jennifer Connelly has the plans for one. Wait, what? Yeah, does do you remember really? that? She gives them to, to Peeves or Peeve or whatever. PV? Oh. Yeah, and he's, he says something. I remember I had to rewatch a little bit of it today uh, to kind of uh, spur my memory. And one of the things I read about, too, was that uh, she gets the plan. She steals them from Neville's house. He had the, the plans for him, oh. and she brings him to PV, and he's like, you know, with a few modifications, I think I could rebuild this even better. So the implication is he's going to build his own because he has the only plans in the world now since Howard Hughes burned his. Oh, yeah. so that's what he's talking about mm-hmm. at the end of the movie where, yes, like, yeah. 
Cliff and Jenny are making out, and he's yeah. talking about those. Okay, for in my and head, for whatever reason, off. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I saw that scene. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> um, but no, in my head, I thought he was looking at like I don't know the owner's manual for the plane that Howard Hughes oh, gives oh, him well, or whatever. True, yeah, because he just like brought a, him that plane. Yeah. Got him an idiot. No, but it's like, cool. Why, <laughs> like so, he went to the glove box. <laughs> Uh, so he's like 1989 Acura. Pfft, that's weird. Uh, um, no, but it's, I, I think the implication is like he could rebuild it. Cliff could be like it would be even more secretive because there wouldn't be anyone like looking at for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it could have been really cool. Like, you know, this could have been like his origin story or whatever. And they could have done so much more with it. He could have kept on fighting Nazis and stuff. That would have been pretty mm-hmm. badass, you know. Um, oh, my God. This took place in 38. So the Nazis were just like taking hold uh, yeah, there's so much more I to guess, do around the world. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like you know, the I don't guess WW2 had even started at that point. Yeah, not right? not in was, earnest. Don't think. Yeah, was there an uh, Ernest P. Worrell was there? He helped. <laughs> yeah, defended <laughs> off the Nazis with Mayak. Um, but like, was there an official like starting date for the war? Like, was there like was there a ribbon cut for or, World War Two? Yeah, We're doing a history lesson right now. Uh, no, nah, I'm gonna I be guess like, so. now nah, I'm gonna be the dumb one. Uh-huh. Um, well, George Washington was there for sure. We know that. Uh, Obviously, yeah. No. That's why he's on the one dollar bill. Because <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. um, I don't know when, like, when Germany actually like invaded Poland and and like surrounding countries and stuff. When, like, when that started happening, but it's like, what do you consider the start of it uh, at different points? Because we were like kind of only supplying them with weapons and stuff for a while, like supplying England rather with weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, everybody was kind of trying to stay out of it for a while. And then, like, Pearl Harbor is, like, when we got brought into it. Uh, and that was 1940, 1942? Two? Or 41, something like that. Oh, I thought it was 42. Uh, so I'm, it's not 42. I'm trying Because to... I think it, so it cannot be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember the movie, the documentary I watched with uh, Ben Affleck. Um, yeah. Ben J. Lo, as we call him. That's uh, right, yeah. No, December 7th, 1941. Was, oh. was Pearl Harbor. So that was like when we got involved in earnest. And like, what do you consider the World War? Like, I, it's not all about America. Uh, I'm not sure when everybody else was involved, though, you know, to have like an actual like start to it. But I would say 38, like you're saying, like, mm-hmm. uh, that's like kind of the, the beginnings of a lot of a lot of things there. Yeah, it was so funny to see that, to that Zeppelin fly over that building or whatever uh, that's there by the Statue of Liberty. Is that right? They made up the Statue of Liberty. Wait, am I making that up? In this movie? Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought... Well, I thought it was in Hollywood. Did, are they still in Hollywood when they do that? Oh, In the book, they go to yeah, New they York. they don't go to New York there. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they yeah. actually go to New York in the movie. That's the, the problem with doing both at the same time. I mean, like, where mm-hmm. are they? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, oh, and it says World War II, September 1st, 1939 um, was oh. the starting date. So, I don't know. Uh, guys, I'll look into it. I'll let you know. But, um, yeah, he had a lot to get into, basically. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of adventures he could have done. Um, a lot, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a, a couple notes as well I wanted to mention. Sure. Um, for one, I really like the fonts and the logos in both the book and the movie. And in oh, particular, yeah. when the movie shows the, the title, The Rocketeer, and it's, mm-hmm. like, against, like, a black background, and then it, the doors of the hangar open up and reveal, like, they take away the title card the text, yeah oh mm-hmm. my god it was so fucking sexy looking it just looked so cool mm-hmm. to me 
And then music started swelling right there. That was my, my next note was like the music in this I'd forgotten about was so good. And I know that you mm-hmm. don't, you've, you've talked about how you don't really notice that as much like for scores, especially in movies. Uh, mm-hmm. My brother Danny had been so into that that I got really into it, and now I love them, and I have for decades. But um, this one in particular, I'd forgotten about. I forgot how good it was. It's uh, James Horner did it. Um, he's one of my favorite composers, and um, it was like appropriately swelling music for the times, and like it just had a good like adventurous feeling to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I liked that a lot. Um, I, I loved. I had a note about the. Uh, I love that they built the dog restaurant, the the, the, the dog diner, <laughs> and that they also had the little squatty plane. That looks so fucking fake in the book, but funny, and I feel like I'd seen one. And then they had it in the movie where it's like the the whole thing is just like a, a short plane. It looks weird. I don't know. It's like a stunt mm-hmm. plane. It's the one he first dry or first flies and gets in trouble with, and then at the end, Howard Hughes brings him a new one. Um, yeah. And it was like so cool that they had a lot of that stuff in real life, you know. Um, that that cockpit of that plane seems so claustrophobic. Oh my God, like he I hated had that. enough. He had enough room in there to turn his head yes. as an actor, and that was it. I know. It was just so limited space. I thought that was That's so insane. weird. Uh, that would make me feel like, like if something went wrong, like it does, mm-hmm. you, there's nowhere to go. <laughs> like that no, seems you were 100% so fucked, fucked up to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was really rad. Uh, and then there's a, a line in it that I liked. Um, I don't remember who says it at one point, but someone says, it's a rocket, like in a comic book. Yeah. And I thought mm-hmm. that was fun that they, especially in this era when they were trying to make comic book movies work. You know, mm-hmm. for the kind of for the first time to really work, and yeah. uh, I like that they had a little cheekiness in there. So, um, can we talk about the importance of chewing gum in this Absolutely. movie? Absolutely, it's very important. Without it, what would have happened? Have gone up in flames. Yeah. You know, you're right. Yeah, it's a fun rocket little Nazi. Nod. You know, I had even forgotten about how it's like a whole thing throughout the whole movie until I rewatched it today a little bit. And the, yeah. when he gets in a little squatty yellow plane, he puts gum on the back. And the the PV or whatever is like, that's eh, a fresh paint job. Don't do that. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, he does it. He said, like, do you want me to crash? It's for luck. It's like he always does it. It's a, those fun little nods. I love those little nuances in, in movies and stuff where it's like kind of silly to happen in yeah. real life. But like, would that really even hold a tank <laughs> yeah. of alcohol and a jetpack? Probably not. But man, it's a fun little piece, you know. It is. Yeah. And make it work. So and then like at the end of the movie where he like kind of peels it off with his thumb as he's sliding it toward uh, Nazi McGillicuddy and <laughs> uh, it just like starts oozing out and I was like, oh, it just like seemed like extra gross. Like yeah. it's been like up in the air, just like covered in what if he like bird bird guts popped in his mouth oh my and God. it's got like that the fuel on it and stuff. And he's like, whoa, I got a little zip. You know? <laughs> he just flew up into the <laughs> yeah. sky. That's fucking like, oh man, Red um, Bull. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, we have another hyper important thing to discuss, no, which is one of your favorite movies is The Monster Squad. Oh, yeah. A title that means nothing in German, but here in the States means everything, mm-hmm. right? There's a point in that movie where Wolfman gets kicked in the nards, crumbles to his knees, and the immortal line, Wolfman's got nards, is uttered. Mm-hmm. However, they try that in this movie where the Rocketeer kicks oh, Lothar yeah. in the nards doesn't do anything. Lothar does not. Therefore, in canon, <laughs> Lothar has invincible nards. Think about that. What a power that would be. What if they, like, took his pants off, he had a cup on, but under that, and you're like, oh, it was the cup, but then he, they pulled that off, and his balls look just like his face. <laughs> and that's why. They're impenetrable, man. Yeah. You can't go through that. Oh, my God. And the God. prosthetic work? Ugh, gorgeous. Damn. Yeah, they really they actually had to balls. do a reduction to, to make it work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nard reduction. 
<laughs> he had a tuck. And up yeah. front was fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an interesting yeah. tidbit I learned on uh, on the mm-hmm. Wikipedias. That's actually the hairstyle he gave his pubes is the friar tuck. So oh, it's wow. just like a bold uh-huh. around the tip, but then like <laughs> but around the circle. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Robin Hood's Merry Men getting a lot of play on this know, episode. It's interesting. You know? It just yeah. makes me really want to watch um, Men in Tights. Robin Hood just like in tights. general, you just want to see dudes walking around with tights? I just love to see men, I just love to see men in tights, man. I like. I just like when they band over and stuff. Steven, let me introduce you to a little thing called the internet. <laughs> no, but uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, I haven't seen that in so long. I wonder if it's any Yeah, good. it's been a long time. I think Dave Chappelle is in that movie? Yes. Oh, yeah. Kind of random? That, yeah. 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 It took me a second. Uh, yeah. That'd be fun. True. That someday. would be fun. Is that a Mel Brooks movie? I think it is. Okay. Yeah. What is Mel sh- short for? Is that is the name Mel short for something? Uh, I could look it up, yeah. Is it like Melbert? I feel like it's... It's probably Melbert. Like a first syllable of something that's not oh, coming you, to mind. You seem like you don't like it in your mouth. Like you're like, Mel. 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 It's <laughs> like it's just like it's, it's done. I'm trying to trying to finish this word. And it's, to, it's finishing itself. I don't understand. Um, how about Melvin? Uh, how about Melvin, Melvin yeah. Kaminsky? Oh, uh, the Kaminsky method. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The Kaminsky method turns out just shortening the first name. Exactly. Just Mel. It's just Mel. Wait, so is Mel Gibson's first name Melvin? Oh, man, that seems really interesting. That's his problem. He's just he's living the Melvin life. Uh, it says his first name is Mel. Oh. But it also says he has like five, no, four names. What? Uh, his first name is Mel, but then it is Columsil. <laughs> Gerard Gibson. Call himself C-O-L-U-M-C-I-L-L-E. Uh, I remember where we all were whenever <laughs> Call himself happened, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, they blamed Too Marilyn soon. Manson for it. Yeah. It, was just, it was insane. Should have blamed Mel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got blamed for some shit later yeah, on, you know? That That's on him. Yeah, it's yeah. on him for sure. That's what happens when you kill Jesus. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. We'll see. I am Very I, soon. We'll find <laughs> out later this week. <laughs> We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but uh, that's the bulk of my notes for the actual film. I do have some stuff regarding like stuff outside of the movie uh-huh. that came or will come later. Do you have additional notes for the the movie film itself? Um, I did, but it's it's cool. Yeah, I think most of it uh, has already been said. So yeah, cool. Um, evidently, there was a spinoff animated series ah. on Disney Junior. Also called the Rocketeer. It popped up when I was searching on Disney Plus. I'd never, I never, I don't remember hearing about it though. The same, yeah. It came yeah. out in like 2016 or whatever for one season, but it was a. I think it took place in like modern times. <laughs> yeah, they said it was and like the granddaughter of him. Yeah, yeah, it was like a female Rocketeer. She mm-hmm. was out there flying around, but her helmet was different. Like you could see her eyes, like her actual human eyes, yeah. instead of like a cool Rocketeer helmet. And honestly, Ooh. like the helmet is. The helmet is so fucking iconic. Oh, my that, God. That's what you want to see, you know? They said that online, too, that this movie is a, a big, um, like, cult, has a big cult following, but they were like, yeah, it's really big in the U.S. and Japan. And I was like, surely this is bigger than other places than that, but what a weird thing that we would both be falling in love with that, uh, both cultures and <laughs> yeah. stuff. But they said it's, like, hugely popular. Like, there's a, a really big, like, toy maker, and they make, like, m- replica helmets that are really big in Japan or something like that. So really, the internet said it, so I believe it. Well, it has to be true. Yeah, it has to be true. You can't lie you on can't. the internet. That's 2022. That's right. 
It would be weird if it was like if we were lying about the internet right now. Why would we do that? No one can we do can. that. We can't. We're on the we're internet. We're not allowed. We're not allowed. We get hit with a cease and resist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's going to be an upcoming sequel to this movie for Disney Plus called The Rocketeers, mm. plural. So it's like an alien aliens type of situation, oh, which is fun. I'm down with that. Um, have you read about the synopsis for this movie? Oh, was that I heard uh, there's a few different ones because there was like the rock, the Rocketeers. And then I heard also about the return of the Rocketeer. So there's like, oh, different... like it was going to be Billy Campbell. Well, like, yeah, it was like different script titles and stuff. And they'd like hire different people. But there was one in particular that I think you and I had briefly discussed either on the show or off air. But uh, mm-hmm. with David Aluia, I think is how you say his name. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Where it was going to be like uh, he was going to be like an ex Tuskegee Airman. And he's going to get the, the Rocketeer, the Rocket Pack. Oh. And so it'd be like just a few years later, like in the 50s, I guess. Um, or something like that. And so they, they talked about him and like he and his wife were going to like produce it or something like that. So, uh, that one sounded pretty cool to me. Oh, if wow. They go that route. So the thing I read on uh, Wikipedia, again, you can't lie on the internet. Nope. Then it's possible I'm conflating like multiple article headings <laughs> I, I, I read. Uh, but I think the last I read was that it was going to be a black female mm-hmm. rocketeer. That was a version place. I heard about too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's possible any of this could change. It I, seems knows? like it's yeah, right. at this point, right? Yeah. But um, it's supposed to take place six years after the original Rocketeer. So it's like in the, the heart of 1944. Mm-hmm. So I imagine there would be so much fucking Nazi punching. And oh, yeah. I am here for it. That sounds great. I just want to see it. I just wanna, Don't even bother with the yeah. story. <laughs> oh, it's a black chick. She's got a Rocketeer pack and helmet now. It's fine. Let's, Let's go. Punch start punching Nazis. Nazis. Yeah. So I, don't need, I don't care about any of that. So it's a minority punching Nazis. Like, that's, that's all great at all, but yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. Either way, I think that's cool. I, like you said, like in that era that this was made, even though that wasn't didn't seem that long ago, or it seemed like we were progressive in the time, or whatever. Like, man, we've obviously not gone really far from then, and uh, but at mm. least now we have you know m- more diversity and stuff, and it seems like that would be an option uh, where it wasn't in the the early '90s or whatever. So yeah, uh, definitely mm. a very white movie, uh, very bright movie. And, um, yeah, hopefully they could, uh, bring some other cool stories involved in there. You know, is there anything in this movie that Joe Johnson directed that you see as a through line between his other work, like Captain America, Jurassic Park three, <laughs> uh, there was that one others. line in here where someone screamed Alan. I thought that was weird. Alan. You don't even name, name, name Alan in it. So it was weird. Yeah. Uh, as, uh, Cliff Secord <laughs> is like flying by a, a pasture. Yeah. Alan. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, for sure. I, I felt I was that's I'm glad you brought it up because that was one of my big things with um, this movie in particular that I thought you would like is that you and I are such big fans of the Captain America first Avenger movie. Mm-hmm. And from all accounts that I've heard, you know, when that actually happened and then contemporaneous and now whatever, I, I found that, you know, Joe Johnston had kind of gotten the, the directing gig because of this movie uh, as a big part of it, at least. And uh, I it took me like a few years to really like that movie. But now I love that movie. It has some like sketchy early kind of CGI effects in it yeah. that were kind of weird, mm-hmm. especially in the '40s stuff. But um, looking back, like I'm totally into it, and I, I again I love the aesthetic and I love the the music and the costumes and the people involved, and like I just think he has a good eye for that kind of world. And uh, mm-hmm. I certainly saw a lot of you know similarities between this movie in particular and that one, and uh, I think it's a good that'd be like a good double feature, you know, to mm-hmm. see some Nazi punching. Oh, yeah. You, know, you got Rocketeer. It's basically like superhero stuff, you know, and Nazi mm-hmm. land. And uh, that sounds great. 
And in uh, Jurassic Park 3, there's that scene where they walk up on that scaffolding and they see a pterodactyl that's uh-huh. like perched on the end of it. And then it turns around and it gives me the creeps every time. But the pterodactyl turns its head around slowly, creepily, and it's like, Are you a Nazi? And they're like, It shivers, no. right? Shivers. Yeah. yeah. And, and then it's like, All right, in. And then it flaps away. <laughs> I was about to punch you. Uh huh. Yeah. With my wing. Ha- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was good. It could, I don't know. There's a lot of similarities there. When I was looking up Joe Johnston, there's there's a lot of movies that he had done that were uh, really fascinating he, to see his filmography. So, Did he direct a werewolf movie? He did. did. He do a- see, that's the thing. He, he became, he was one of the directors that I liked a lot in the 80s and 90s. And then, like, after that, there's a lot, of, it was kind of sketchy. Um, mm. But, like, he started off with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Rocketeer. He did the what? Uh, yeah, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's yeah. Wow. Super okay. cool, right? Yeah. Uh, directorial debut because he was like friends with Lucas and Spielberg and like not friends with them, but like he worked with them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool. Um, the Page Master. He did the live action sequences. Oh. Okay. Uh, that's a movie I'd love to revisit as well. I used to watch that mm-hmm. one uh, at least a, a little bit. Uh, Jumanji was his next movie. Wow. And then October Sky with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, the Rocket movie. Did you ever see that one? It's like a, no, huh? It's like a small, it's a based on true story about like small town kids in like 1960s Pennsylvania, like mining town type of stuff. But they mm-hmm. have like dreams of like building rockets, you know, to go to the moon and stuff. So they start with like model rockets and get bigger and bigger. Uh, it's like a heartwarming sort of tale or whatever, you know, but it's a, it's a pretty mm-hmm. good movie and has good people in it. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's like a teenager. He's pretty young still. I'm sorry. Ambulances, Jake Gyllenhaal? Yes. The same. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Let's um, make sure we're on the same page. City Slickers. Jake Gyllenhaal. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Same. Wow. One the same. Uh, Jurassic Park 3. Uh, came out in 2001. And then mm-hmm. Hidalgo, uh, which I I only remember uh, that movie is like a horse movie, and it stars uh, <laughs> Viggo Mortensen right after Lord of the Rings. That's the only reason I knew yeah. about it. Uh, Four horses, by horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Wolfman. The Wolfman. The Wolfman with Jack Nicholson? Uh, is it that one? No, that's... Uh, Wolf? Is that just Wolf? Wolfman is the uh, Benicio Del Toro. Um, I never saw it. It didn't look that great to Mm me. Um, Mm Kind of take on the old, like, Universal Monster movie type of thing. Yeah. And then in 2011, he did Captain America First Avenger. And then, since then, he did a movie called Not Safe for Work, which I've never... The poster didn't look familiar to me at all. Mm -hmm. And then he... uh, On the Nutcracker in the Four Realms, which is a movie also... I'm out. Kind of came out right. It was Mm -hmm. uh, directed by Lassie Hellstrom, and then um, they brought on... Joe Johnston for reshoots. Uh, apparently, they had some issues. Uh, oh my god! And so it was one of those. Like this was in 2018 that he was like brought on late in the day uh, to kind of do it. But then he's in pre-production now for Shrunk, which is uh, Disney Plus's like reboot of the Honey I Shrunk the Kids franchise. Oh, so, that's a cool. Name. I don't know. Yeah, Shrunk is cool, right? I like that yeah. as a new title. Um, so I don't know what what it, actually he's going to be involved in that, but uh, apparently he's like you know part of the the team or whatever, which is cool. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, and Rick Moranis is I guess in negotiations to come back for that too, which would be really cool. So oh my god, just whatever amount of money I know, if, right? If we need to like kickstart this or whatever, we'll do it. Let's do it. It's the kickstart in one thing. And shrunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two things I got. <laughs> Wait, isn't Rick Moranis? Isn't he Canadian? I think yeah, he seems very yeah. Canadian. Yeah. Look, we've done it for Canada once. We can do it again, (laughs) goddammit. 
Amazing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, man, I, I'm glad that you came around to the movie eventually, that uh, eventually oh, yeah. was a lot of fun and stuff. I, I Even for me, like I said, like a few years ago when I watched this, it was more like the, the, the ah, sorry, the nostalgia of it that really mm-hmm. got me so much. Um, and I thought it was really fun. It's, a, it's a definitely like a fun old school adventure movie plays really well like an indiana jones like kind of thing you know like the old 30s adventure serials that they would yeah. play in movie theaters and stuff and uh it definitely has like cool vibe i love the music i'm gonna add that to my like movie scores spotify list so i can listen to that from now on uh, i saw really good. on uh, that wikipedia article that the the soundtrack was like a huge hit like people <laughs> yeah, fucking love crazy, that right? shit man they're like yeah that was one of the best parts about like people talked about the movie was the score it's interesting and you know like when i think back about like um any adventure movie especially like an old-timey type of adventure movie um especially like indiana jones like just such an iconic sure. uh theme you know I, I don't know about the full score it doesn't stand out in my head but it's certainly that theme mm-hmm. it always um it, it, it kind of catches my ear in a way to where I try to pay attention to it. And I tried to, to pay attention to the Rocketeers like music yeah. as it was playing or whatever. Um, and it sounded like it fit the mold of that type of action movie totally. from like back in the day or whatever. I couldn't like sing any bars from it, but like, mm-hmm. I, I do think that it had like that proper feel that they were going for. So I, I can certainly see why people like that. Yeah. And it, I'm, I'm curious to listen to it on its own. Cause that's a whole nother experience with the movie score. You know, you get it on mm-hmm. the movie itself and you get the adventure going along with that, but then to take it away and just have the music alone, kind of get yeah. more of the nuances, uh, the different instruments. And like, I don't actually know if there's like a rocketeer theme, like that's so recognizable, like Indy's theme, you know, but yeah. I just like the music overall. So uh, maybe there's like motifs in there that I don't even recognize yet. Yeah, Matthew Motif. He was going to play the Rocketeer. But I would have been in support like, of that. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he had to, you know, let his hair grow gray for Stranger Things. So yeah, he was like, "There's going to be this thing called Stranger Things. It's on a it's another out. thing called Netflix. <laughs> it's um, on the internet. It's going to be. It's going to be. Yeah. It's going to be after I do this TV show for this uh, series called Mad Men. That's going to be on this network that's called AMC. Look, there's going to be a lot of shit that's happening. Matthew Motif. Yeah, is a psychic. I've got a, a little bit of a theme yeah. running through my <laughs> oeuvre, but uh, trust me, I'll catch up to you. you know? Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, man, I, I did enjoy this movie a lot. I, I, I yeah. enjoyed the comic a lot. I really liked it. seemed like that was the only thing that Dave Stevens would really, that was like his big thing, at least, that he'd done. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's certainly, like you said, it's like one of those books to kind of catch up on and like be like, this is a big thing. Like, I read a, a little bit about it, how his one of the like the first you know like independent comic books that became like a movie property and stuff and it was like a real yeah. big thing for that you know and mm-hmm. that's super cool history and the comic book is gorgeous uh the art and the coloring that they redid for that is gorgeous and um so yeah it was really fun to do that i'm always glad to read more comic books and this was a really cool one and um overall i'd say that i enjoyed both of them a whole lot so mm-hmm. i had a lot of fun i i think you did too and hope anybody else that listened along i also read those or and watched the movie and stuff because they're really cool it seems like people dig it. Uh, like I told you off air, uh, Liz Wilson, who's a, a listener, question mark, uh, she at least commented on our post regarding our uh, our April show schedule, and she said that she loved all the movies that we're going to be discussing, except for one that she had not seen, uh, which we'll mention here in just a second. Oh, yeah. But uh, it seems like overall people generally enjoy The Rocketeer, so it's... Uh, 
definitely a cult classic, like you right. were saying. Um, it has that uh, has its own place in pop culture, despite the studio not liking that it didn't have an all star cast like they originally wanted. So but funny. It, it just it just really worked out, and it I, only had James Bond in it. God damn, guys. <laughs> It's James Bond, but he's a bit of a Nazi in this one. <laughs> yeah. At the end where he just like half asses the uh, the Nazi or like, I guess the German accent or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I'm Timothy Dalton. Uh, Führer, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's just like, <laughs> you would just say like whatever the German word is for something. Right. Yeah. But it works. Du hast, du hast mich. <laughs> yes. <And I> say, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But, uh, yeah, like overall, it was a, a fun experience to, to go back and read this old timey stuff. And um, yeah, it's good to discuss with you. Right but on, Stephen. Yeah. For April, that's not the oldest timey thing <laughs> that we're going to discuss. Not the oldest book? Uh, certainly not. <laughs> Did you know they made books before George Washington brought us America yeah. in 1937? Uh, yeah, we'll say. Uh, LTS canon. Yep. Yeah. Why on the internet has to be true. <laughs> Stephen, there's a super old book called The Bible. Oh, wow. And from it, a superhero by the name of <clears throat> Jesus Christ. That's an accurate description of this book yeah. so far. I mean, he's got superpowers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he, he can't die. Or if he dies, he comes back to life. Mm-hmm. You know? So he's Superman. So Barbara's do it. Superhero comics do yep. it. It's all the same thing. Um, turns out, Melvin Gibson made a movie about it in 2004, I think. Came Maybe. out. Maybe. Called Le Passion de Crest. And it's <laughs> <laughs> a French, yeah, French New Wave film. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that on the next. You're right. 2004's The Passion of the Christ. Yes, for real. We're going to discuss oh, this. Oh, man. I can't believe we're doing oh. this. But we're going to do it on the next episode. However, the next episode, Stephen, does not come out on a Tuesday. No. No. Get fucked if that's Whoa. what you think it is. Sorry. Came in too hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about this on the most appropriate day to discuss this movie, which is Easter Sunday. There's no so, other way to do it. Sunday, April 17th. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come to my Jesus, <laughs> superhero, Jesus. <laughs> We did not have that planned, and I was delighted. This is two consecutive weeks where you've done something like that, and it just thrilled me. My pants almost blew off my body yet again. You're welcome. That that image of (laughs) Betty Page illustrated by Dave Stevens, and then also your Sunday, Sunday, Sunday monster truck guy for The Passion of the Christ. Uh, Again, coming out. wrote it? Exactly, exactly. So you don't even have to wait a full week for the next episode of LTAS. Right. That's coming out on Sunday the 17th. And then we will have another episode on our regular Tuesday where we're going to discuss, oh my God. Finally. The only character that can beat Jesus in an arm wrestling match, Spider-Man. <laughs> there you go. We're going to discuss Spider-Man No Way Home. And my loins have been aching mm-hmm. to discuss this with you, Stephen. I'm excited to watch it again because I've only seen it once mm. now. And Same. so I'm really pumped. Uh, I, also, you and I are planning to record our Passion of the Christ episode a little early this week, mm-hmm. which I realize now is even better because it gives me more Spider-Man time later in the week. Exactly. So I can watch it multiple 100%. times. Let's get it out of the way. Exactly. Get out of the way, Jesus. We got, we got <laughs> bigger doings going on. Uh, but yeah, oh, man, I'm excited. 
humanity mm. weird because one character saved a multiverse. Okay. Okay. So like, what do you uh, even do here? What do you even yeah. do, dude? Yeah. Yeah. I do want to say for our uh, Passion of the Christ episode, uh, I told my wife, I, I revealed to her that we were doing that today, and uh, the side eye she gave me, oof. Uh, mm. She's also not religious, but she was, it was more of a, you be careful, Stephen. Uh-huh. Uh, like, like, Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost, you in danger, girl. You know, it was that kind of look. <laughs> and it was basically like, don't don't be so obnoxious, I guess, uh-huh. uh, about this. So I, I am trying to come with this. I've never seen this movie. I was a, a really big Christian at the time. Mm-hmm. I had since lost that, that faith. And you and I are both, uh, you know, atheists now. And mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to talk about it from that point of view. I've resisted this movie for years. I didn't really watch it, didn't really care to when it came out. And then over the years when I lost the faith, I was like, well, I certainly don't want to watch it now. And then Mel mm-hmm. Gibson's issues, obviously, like it just got worse and worse over time, to be honest. Uh, so I never expected to watch it. And mm-hmm. uh, so we're going to stop watching it for the show, of course. But I'm going to do my best <laughs> to bring my my viewpoint and, and your viewpoint to it mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. be honest about that. But um, also to be respectful of other people's, you know, lives and, and their religions and stuff. So I'm hoping to come at this in, a, in an interesting way and bring up some of my history and then uh, also some of Mel's history, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and we'll talk about a lot of things. That, uh, it seems like it, it's intriguing. I'm not sure if I'm excited but yeah. it's a movie it's so. a movie and uh we're going to discuss it you know exactly so we do here we do. on the show um and we should say for our listeners the movie is available to stream on amazon prime which is the only reason why we're going to do this <laughs> in other words you're going to put money toward oh, this endeavor not. yeah no 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 but you know we thought now's the time you know this I is the, so. this is the year that we turn 250 and I thought, oh. you know what, this is a, a good ramp up to that. You know? There you go. Uh, do we have plans in May for episode 250? Uh, no, not right now. Oh, that's right. I didn't realize it was coming. <laughs> is, it, is it going to fuck up the other plans that we've already got scheduled for the entire month of May for a thing? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Oh, hey. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, are we are we spending the entirety of May on a on a Jesus allegory? Maybe, probably. So yeah. kind of works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the gear. There's up. there's a through line. There's a through line. You'll so, see. Yeah, when we get there. So whatever the case, uh, watch this weird ass movie. Uh, Jesus is in it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Um, also, I think he doesn't live in it, but then he does. Potentially, it's that's fine. I don't know. Um. But, yeah, watch along, listen along. It'll be fun mm. for everybody involved. It's the best activity you can do on us on Easter Sunday, I think. You get your exactly. eggs, you're eating your chocolate, you listen to our show, mm-hmm. kick back with a family. That sounds like a great day. I was imagining someone uh, around one of those chocolate fountains, you know? Oh, yeah. And they've got hard-boiled and, like, deviled <laughs> eggs, and they're just, like, running them through the chocolate fountain, you know? It's like, mmm. Staring you the Just face. like Jesus used to make. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's Lothar. He's just yeah. <laughs> staring straight in your eyes, just like nom, nom. Um, I had w- yes. one totally random note. I'm getting rid of my old pages on my iPad that we had, I had, had oh, up yeah. for the for the show and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the last things I just briefly want to mention about uh, sure. Joe Johnston. Not only was he you know involved in Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark and all that stuff as a production designer and art director and stuff. Uh, he is the designer. He's listed as designer of the Iron Giant. 
for the movie Iron Holy Giant. Holy shit. As I was watching this movie, I was like, God damn it, I need Steven to watch the Iron Giant. That's one I've never seen. That's one you've never seen. Okay. And because I, I'm a, waiting for you to see that because you've mentioned it a lot. Yeah. And maybe that's why I, I'm I wasn't like so big onto this movie at the beginning because I was like, oh, I've kind of seen this type of aesthetic in the Iron Giant or whatever. How interesting, yeah. Starring pop culture's Vin Diesel mm-hmm. as the titular giant. All he says is, I am Groot in it as well. That's so weird. it's like, oh, no wonder. He's like auditioning before he auditioned. No <laughs> wonder he got the role, right? Weird. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like between him and Billy Campbell, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> Disney really wanted Billy Campbell. They came around on him. They came yeah, around on him. It was like, oh, he, he said no. Fuck. <laughs> who we got next? Well, uh, yeah, so that we had a lot of fun stuff planned. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a blast talking to you today. A blast. I had a blast off. Rockets. Rocketeer. Rocket raccoon. I don't know. That's all Rocket right there. Raccoon. Raccoon. You ever had a raccoon fish? Raccoon fish sandwich is pretty good. Ooh, that's that sounds delicious. A little gamey, but you know mm-hmm. what? You just chew right. through it. You just got to mm-hmm. get through it, guys. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah, so Sunday. Come back for uh, Pop Culture Church with Brent and Steven as we review right. Passion of the Christ. And yes. then uh, right after that, Spider-Man on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man, no, 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 far, far no from no way, way home. Mm-hmm. Well, far from no way homecoming. <laughs> you could say that. Uh, <laughs> let's go back with the that. end of the home trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that one is. There you go. That's you get it. it. Yeah. Um, also, if you'd like to contact us about any of these things or anything else, whatever, let us know. All of the info is in our show notes as usual. And you can also rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps. If you so desire, five stars is always appreciated so we can get more listeners like you. So Yes. And go get some LTAS merch. I have a feeling it's going to be wildly out of stock after the... <laughs> Passion of the Christ episode. Uh, yeah, get in there early, guys. Yeah. Get in there uh, now. It's, it's going to essentially be devalued almost immediately. Yeah, absolutely. That's the way to do it. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. I'm so glad to talk to you about all these fun things. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess I'll talk to you soon about Passion of the Christ. Hooray. We're both excited. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. That was a lot of fun. I'll, until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And let's talk later. I would pay a lot of money to see a raptor punch a Nazi, man. Steven, that is... My God, I would love it. If Could that's you imagine? Like the, the newest uh, Jurassic Park movie, uh, Dominion, or whatever, Jurassic World Dominion. Ooh. If I blew the dinosaur. Oh my God, did you see the little, poop, the little fucking poster? She's got a little baby. Oh, I didn't see the poster. Dude, blue fox. <laughs> Chris Pratt's ever like, huh? I didn't, uh, I did nothing. I didn't uh-huh. touch her. Yeah. Um, if that's true, how come Blue's daughter sounds like Garfield? Mm, interesting, Chris Pratt. You sick fuck? Didn't know you had it in yo, yo old dog. You had him a cigar. The pink wrapper around it. I was really lost for a second there. I was like, what Garfield? Uh-huh. Oh, does does Blue like lasagna? I was like, I was trying to connect. I was like, oh wait, yeah, he was like just cast right or something. Yeah. Garfield, Man. Mario, all that stuff. Both of them, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, if if they, like, blew the dinosaur, ran up on some Nazis, like, buying oh. tiki torches from Target or whatever the fuck. Hell oh, yeah. my God. Can you imagine? That'd be great. Oh, that God. could have happened more, like, in, was it Falling Kingdom? Was that the last one? Mm-hmm. Whenever yeah. they were, like, trying to auction them off and shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, those guys auctioning dinosaurs off, that'd be, that's like a Nazi activity to me. 
It really so, is. If it was it a really not like revealed to be like Hitler never mm-hmm. died and he was at that party and one of yeah. them broke out and punched him in the face. God. Oh my God. After movie. she like disembowels some of these uh, Tiki Torch whites, uh, there's a MAGA <laughs> hat. There's a close up on a MAGA hat and her like raptor claw just comes down directly on it and oh. it pans up and it's like her in profile. She looks directly down the barrel of the camera and she goes, oh, that's why they call me blue the dinosaur and not red the dinosaur <laughs> she's on our side steven damn straight yeah i knew she was progressive and then she holds up a sign that says get out there and vote oh man if anybody's mm-hmm. gonna get anybody to do it it's a it's a dinosaur that's been brought back to life and then for whatever reason there's a hyperlink uh on screen you can't really like click yeah but it's like you know you like take a picture of it in the theater yeah even though they tell you not to do that and then like check it out later you know, after the movie's over or whatever. And it's, um, it's Cretaceous Rock the Vote. <laughs> Not Jurassic, we've already done that. No, yeah, you can't do that. You gotta go you gotta move on era. to a different era, mm-hmm. you know? I don't exactly. remember which era comes, bef- you know, before or after the other one, but Cretaceous works. It's definitely pre-1937. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was a Cretaceous period, then George Washington planted a flag in America. Yeah, fully formed. Stars and Stripes, all 50 states represented, <laughs> you know? Dude, oh, I, I love Nazis getting punched so much that, like, at the end of that terrible, terrible, terrible Cerebus, the Aardvark movie I watched, oh. if the last, like, two minutes of it was just him just, like, cutting up Nazis, I would have been like, like it's a pretty good yeah, movie. Honestly, it's like a pretty good movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> for sure, the first, like, 88 minutes of it are bad, but, like, wow, the last two minutes. They you just settle like, in, though. Yeah, it's just like, it's worth it, you know? Pretty good. Yeah, you My just God. sit through a Lion King's worth of movie, mm-hmm. terribleness, and then it's just like, it's fucking good. He's out there cutting up Nazis. I mean, I sure, like that. Sure, the sound effects don't make any sense, but it's just like something about seeing that swastika getting ripped and burned. It's just like, ah, so good. Feels so good to like, me. I actually recommended this movie to a lot of people after that. I said, mm-hmm. you have to sit through a lot, but, like, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's going to make the last two minutes make sense. It's good. Yeah. It's fine. Ebert gave mm-hmm. it one thumb up. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was punching a fucking Nazi with the other he was hand. Punching, God damn it. Yeah. He was doing the Lord's work. Yeah. You know? Damn mm-hmm. straight. Fuck From the yeah. grave. Yeah. Is he dead? Uh, Ebert? Ebert died, right? Uh, I know Ernie is still alive and he goes, Ebert. <laughs> I don't know if Ebert. I, I, I know Qbert is still alive. Oh, Qbert's still there? But yeah. He started that whole... Q phenomenon, so yeah, yeah. Roger Ebert died uh, eleven years ago, so yeah, oh we're my good. god, I know too soon, and we never mentioned it on the show. <laughs> record, okay. Record, record, record to cord again. Hmm, I didn't cord the first time. Should I go back? We have to cord yet another time. Re-record. Wait, now we're re-recording. Well, now we stopped, so we've decorded. We decorded the record of the cord? Of course we did. <laughs> <laughs> that was the dumbest fucking thing we've ever done. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. But perfect ending, though. You, you really, know, per- 10 out of 10. to a show, a uh, wild <laughs> beginning to a show for us. <laughs> in the timeline of recording. Anyway, uh, so, Stephen, we just got back into town from Arkansas. My wife had a marathon that she ran mm. in uh, record time for her, as a matter oh, of fact. You know? That's amazing. Good for her, man. And honestly, other people don't matter. So yep. she's uh, the fastest human that's ever existed, as far as I'm aware. 
I was going to, I asked you, because I I lived in Arkansas for a while, went to school there, and Mm -hmm. I had joked with your wife about how beautiful it is, but it's super hilly, and she said it was beautiful, but it was technically very difficult. And then Mm -hmm. now you're saying it's her best time. Mm -hmm. Uh, For one, I'm wondering, has she become that good that she can counter hills now? Or mm-hmm. two, was it a lot of downhill and she just rolled and that does that count still for a marathon? From what I understand, if you treat a hill like a <laughs> ramp uh-huh. and you run fast enough up the hill to where once you get to the peak, you just like jump, then you can just oh, like okay. kind of fall and make up for any lost time on their way down. And it's like hmm. if the decline is gradual enough, you can just like Sonic the Hedgehog, just keep your legs oh. in the air and what you hit the surface of the ground you just mm-hmm. continue running a pace and it's just you've had wow. time to recover you know uh-huh sure yeah plus she's mm-hmm. like the size of son of the hedgehog so that that works for her advantage yeah and, and honestly through all of her diligent training the mm-hmm. loop-de-loops don't give her any trouble now wow she's gotten it's, so much better than the last time we were there mm-hmm. that's amazing that's right. yeah wow really good very proud of her that's that's amazing um mm-hmm. you've always wanted to marry a hedgehog i'm very glad you got the chance to finally you know you know you just really mm-hmm. like rolling things into vaults i didn't know why she pushed so hard mm. to get a wedding ring and i'm like oh rings of course she's the hedgehog <laughs> oh, she's this makes sense it. now <laughs> this is like oh okay i get it i get she it she actually asked for multiple and i said that's not how we do it here and mm-hmm. uh, i gave her one and she should be lucky yeah mm. anytime uh we had a little like robot vacuum cleaner it wasn't a Roomba it was like an off-brand Roomba mm-hmm. but it, Sometimes I would come home from work and I would see her like trying to jump on it. And she's like, there are tiny animals in this. I'm like, no, not not every robot contains woodland creatures. We've been over this. But she has a beautiful heart, you know, she's, she's got a beautiful the heart. Tiny creatures. You know? yeah. yeah. And she means well. She means well. Mm-hmm. All that to say, uh, I'm proud of her and her accomplishment. It was a very tricky feat, but that's not what we're here for. I'm here mm-hmm. to tell you the story about uh what I experienced on my trip. So oh, I stayed sure. at a Hilton Doubletree Inn or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you've experienced this whenever you go to a hotel, but like the shower settings are always mm-hmm. different every mm-hmm. time. Uh, and sometimes you've got a wall switch that controls the the lamp in the main portion of the hotel room or whatever. Indeed. So it takes like a good 28 minutes to like figure out all the mechanics of the room you're staying in, mm-hmm. um, which I'm just going to start taking a miner's helmet into oh, a hotel a with idea. me that way i don't even have to futz with it you know mm-hmm. i'm just gonna put that on and uh i'll just turn it off on my helmet whenever i don't need to see anymore you know and it's convenient too because you could cut your hair that way too with the same helmet you know you get that bowl cut mm-hmm. going and that way mm-hmm. when the helmet's on there and you're taking a shower then you know yeah. yeah that's how i'm going to exclusively give myself a haircut going mm-hmm. forward it's like i'm spending all this money going right. to a hairdresser i'm like I don't even need to do this. I'll simply rent a hotel room at the Hilton Doubletree <laughs> in Arkansas, drive two hours north, take my miner's cap. Oh, shit, I left it at home. Uh, I got to uh, drive half an hour back. Fuck, what I put in this? 87? 91? Oh, my God. That's not quite premium, but it's like the next step up in gasoline. Oh, Too rich for my all kinds of mistakes. And I just take my car off the off-ramp and just, you know. What, and that's how you get a haircut? <laughs> yes of sorts wow mm-hmm. that's quite a journey man uh, i'm yeah. telling you just go bald super easy chill just yeah. chill all the way uh-huh you know i do this myself yeah. i plucked <laughs> it myself yeah I, you don't I even hear, have to you know. have a miner's cap for that i don't even have to have a miner's cap but i do wow. have a mm-hmm. strap <laughs> strap on flashlight <laughs> i was i was in the middle of saying and i realized what i was saying and, yeah it's a flashlight that goes in your head Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So I get the the miner's cap without the cap. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have that like band that wraps around your your actual like forehead. Oh yeah, and it looks good, man. It says mm-hmm. Energizer on the side of it, which is pretty <laughs> cool. So like I'm looking pretty good in it. And the best part is whenever you take it off, you it looks like you're still wearing it because of the, well, the impression that it's put in your head. Yes, that yeah. and I wear it outside during the sunlight, you know, because I, uh-huh. I have this really good uh, flashlight tan. Uh huh. Well, the flashlight itself is mm-hmm. solar powered, so that's how you, you have to charge, charge it. it. And it's like, well, you're yeah. going to start your day. You're going to put that on first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. most people put on shoes. You're like, nah, not nah, for me. Flip flops, headband. How with are a flashlight you supposed to see it. your shoes in the dark? See, your... this is, you're solving problems that people don't even know they have. Exactly. And I also don't need a, a nightlight because I just uh-huh. got it in my head. I sleep with it, obviously. <laughs> on. Um, Pointed no, directly into your eyeballs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It faces out so I can oh, see okay. the ceiling, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Make sure there's no monsters in the corners or whatever. But then of course. Uh, if I need to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you know, good mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. Um, it's also got this really cool setting where it's like a red light. And it's like a, a safety feature, you know, so it's oh, like yeah. a flashlight that goes to the red light. And that's nice, too, because then I, I can I can do um, darkroom photography, you know. Oh, Got yeah. It. It's on mm-hmm. my head. Got it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm safe. Number one, obviously, that was the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do it at, you know, I can put that on at night, scare my wife if I want to, which is nice because mm-hmm. yeah. you always have to have opportunities to do that. And then if you're just like hanging out on the corner of your street. You know, you'll have some Johns approach you, be like, red light district, huh? And you're like, well, <laughs> so yes. I mean, how much, how much are we talking? <laughs> I'm my own personal red light district. You're right. Uh-huh. That's right. Um, I wear fishnets and I'm proud of them. You're like the food truck of red light districts. You know, we'll travel. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's all my dad ever wanted me to be. And uh, I wanted to fulfill that goal, you know. Yeah, Mr. Fisher is so proud. Hi, Mr. Fisher. Uh, Tell your whole family about that. Speaking of red, though. So when we were staying at this hotel, I would go on the elevator to uh, go up to our floor. We stayed on the third floor. And I got out. And as soon as we got there, I noticed there was a gummy lifesaver on the ground that was red in color. Uh I was like, oh, that's weird. Uh, But I didn't pick it up because uh, yucky, gross. Uh, I'm not trying to touch just like random surfaces. Uh, This is really how I've always been. But Mm. also like after COVID, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely not doing this. Nobody else is going to either. So I guess this uh, gummy lifesaver will get picked up shortly. However, as I walked around the corner to go to our room and like un, you know, drop off our luggage and everything. I saw somebody who was a housekeeper walking down there. I was like, oh, okay, they'll, they'll pick up the gummy or do whatever. Hell yeah. They did not. So whenever <gasps> I went back, the gummy was in a different spot. Like it was moved back to the corner, probably huh. about, I don't know, four feet from where I originally found it. I thought, oh, okay, somebody just like was not paying attention, maybe on their phone, kicked it out <clears> of the way. Yep. It'll eventually get picked up. Stephen, it was there the entire trip, but it moved in different <laughs> spots, in different spots on that floor, what? right? Now, the last day, which was today, mm-hmm. I went down to uh, to the car to, like, put my seats down and everything so we could fit our luggage in there. And I noticed the gummy lifesaver was gone. I thought, God damn it. They finally got it on our last day. About fucking time, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that I was, like, that upset about it, but I don't like to oh, see sure. food wasted. And every time I saw it, I'll be honest with you. My uh, my jaws watered a, a little bit because I was just like, mm-hmm. should I eat this? You know, I was gonna say I haven't had a gummy uh, lifesaver in a long time. Oh my god, it's so good! There, it's kind of a lifesaver. 
Honestly, it is. Kind of. That's why you see them on cruise ships all the time. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. If I'm going out, Mm -hmm. run me a gummy, you know? Because it's like, either way, I'm going to die eating a gummy, which is like the way I want to go. How torturous. It it might save me. Like, if if you were, like, struggling out in the ocean, and then they threw a human-sized gummy lifesaver <laughs> life preserver out to you, I'd be like, oh, great, thanks. And then I would float on it for a minute, and then I would, like, I would start licking at it, you know? Oh, yeah. And then like, I would just, like, mm. eat that whole damn thing, you know? What it, well, maybe when they, they bring you in, and then you get to keep it. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like, once it's in the water, you can't reuse it. Because oh. the gummy... You that's know? wasteful yeah yeah so it's like it's yours it's like a souvenir it's like i almost died on a carnival cruise lines <laughs> <laughs> you take a photo <laughs> they hook you up to a scale and you upside yeah. down mm-hmm. that's lovely though um, let, a, let a toddler put its head inside your mouth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's fun wow. yeah y- you gotta have fun with it you know, through the magic of photography, it looks like you're much larger than you are. It's just, oh, yeah. it's, it's a good time. It's kind of like a, you can like pinch someone's head, you know, uh-huh. that type of thing. Well, I'll anyway. do right now. Oh, I got you. Yeah, son of a bitch. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm going to live sorry. with a, a flattened head. Yeah, you look good with it. It's kind of like a penny, you know, like it got bigger. Oh, yeah. So it kind of covers your shoulders now and it's like a little umbrella for the rest of your body, which is nice. Is that what trains are trying to do? Are they trying to play the pinch game with pennies? I think so. And they're winning. They, like every time they run over one, they go, Abe Lincoln, who pinched your head, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I think that mm-hmm. they've been looking to do that for a long time. You know, it was a so. big people don't know that a lot, like at mm-hmm. least in America, like we weren't our history, you know, teachings and, and books weren't that great. But um, mm-hmm. there was a classic feud between actual train cars and Abraham Lincoln. That's right. It was kind of a Transformers, mm-hmm. um, you know, versus I'm trying to think of who one of the villains in in Transformers is as a person. Oh, Megatron. Megatron. Well, the lead villain. Well, okay, so it's like Abraham Lincoln is Megatron, uh, and the rest of the trains oh. are the Autobots. Okay. Does that make sense? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I don't think I workshopped that quite well with you. <laughs> I was trying to get to like a human counterpart in the Transformers movies that was bad, but all I can think is Witwicky, and he's good. Oh, Sam Witwicky? Witwicky, Witwicky. Yeah. Josh Dumal, he's good, right? He's in that. Are you trying Tyrese? to think of a, a human? A human that's bad, bad in the Transformers movies. That would be uh, the same as Abraham Lincoln is to this scenario. That's very. This is very important. Oh, um, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. So mm-hmm. <laughs> got his ass. Perfect. Hey, Michael and- Bay. How's ambulance doing? <laughs> Not so good, huh? Getting your ass smoked by Sonic the Hedgehog, bitch. Oh, dude, I heard Sonic is ripping it up, man. I know, man. Wait, 71, I think he posted like 71 million or 80 million this weekend or That's something insane. like that. That's insane. Crazy. Hell yeah. Good for them, it, man. It looks so good. It, it should be on Paramount Plus probably in like 45 days or something like oh, that. Oh, man, I'm excited. Same. I'm looking Same, forward dude. to it. I watch yeah. the first Sonic all the time. Oh, God, it's so good. And, and by like, this, I mean your wife. I watch your wife a lot. Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. good. You're well. Yeah, I've got the, well the Sonic aware. Cam sponsored by Sonic, the <laughs> drive-through or drive-in restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I'm see to get anything. The... She moves too fast. Ah, that's the problem. I just yeah. like her blur. Yeah. Oh my god. Is it okay if I say that? I like your wife's blur. Yes, of course. <laughs> I'd be insulted if you didn't. But anyway, so uh, it, yeah, the the gummy lifesaver saga ah. ended uh, in the hotel, or so I thought. For Stephen, I went to after we left the hotel. I went to the Phillips 66 station across from the hotel, mm-hmm. got gas, 
you know, was as I was like standing outside of my car, just looking around like a real dipshit. I looked at the ground, Steven, there was a red gummy <laughs> lifesaver <laughs> by itself just hanging out on the pavement. What? I know. And I was like, surely I didn't care, like step on it and carry this. I with was going to joke earlier that you did. It was you were going to get home and look in the bottom of your shoe and it was going to be there. But it, it maybe it did or it's, or it's following you. I, I don't I don't remember stepping in that part of oh my God. the area. I looked at the bottom of my shoe. There's no trace of anything mm-hmm. on there. It didn't look like the gummy lifesaver was like stood upon by a shoe or anything. Wow. It just looked normal, dirty, you know, the way it does in Arkansas. Hmm. Yeah, well, I'll give you that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if you, what if like you're getting gas, your wife goes in to get something to eat, comes out, she has some gummy lifesavers. You've never seen her get these before in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She puts like a yellow one in, chews that up, puts a green one in, chews that up. You're about to finish with your gas. She puts a red one in, <laughs> spits it out. Oh my God. She's been the culprit the whole time. Oh my God. The truest betrayal of all. What? Oh my God. Wasting food, number one. Oh my God. Littering. Spitting mm. out candy in a hotel mm. and then at a gas station. She's bringing the dirty to Arkansas, not the other way around. I'm sorry Steven, to be the one to tell you that. I feel like this might be my Robotnik origin <sighs> right now. Wow. Mm. Yeah. You got the mustache chops for it. I'm I'm fixing to go get little bunny Fufu and throw his <gasps> ass in a toaster. Tell you what. What? He's a machine now. Okay. <laughs> 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 You're like, I, I'm evil. That's what yeah. we do. This I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chihuahua. Wow. It's just, it's just the way it has to be. I, I don't make the rules, but I will enforce them. Um, um, the rule I'm enforcing right now is that our sink word is Chihuahua Toaster. Chihuahua Toaster. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. Which is going to be your origin story's first victim. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Beverly yeah. Hills Chihuahua cho- Toaster. Finally. Let's complete the trilogy, Hollywood. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Cowards. <laughs> All right, so Chihuahua Toaster to sink on three after 15 minutes. That's good. We got there. (laughs) All right. Chihuahua Toaster on three. One, two, three. Chihuahua Chihuahua Toaster. toaster. Damn. Excellent, man. What a good look for us. I know. That's just a good start all around. I'm going to timestamp that. Start. Got it. Hell yeah. All right. Thank you. You have a story to open us up, right? I do, yes. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> For the rest of the show? Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here, man. <laughs> Cancel my own subscription to the show. Don't you need that to like post show notes? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, Not I'm worth out of here. I don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>